cracking one open with the boys. Let's go. Another exciting episode of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's Magazine, where we chat about all the latest Sega, video game industry, and pop culture news. This episode of the Megavision Show is going to be dedicated to all the crazy crap that took place this past week during E3. So we're going to be going through all the Sega stuff and all the other awesome news and announcements and all the other cringiness that may have happened during this past week at E3. Before we get into that, let's go around the room. Really quick, we got Scotty with us this week. How's it going, buddy? No, you're breathtaking. Ooh, and we also have Sketchcraft. How's it going, man? Hey, I'm here. We are here, and we are live. Man, this was a, a pretty crazy week, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of happy that we weren't at E3 uh, this year because um, everyone who's ever been at E3 knows it is just an exhausting week and i think rob you and i were actually talking about that this past week because we're like we were like in crunch time finishing up the issue eight of mega visions and we were just thinking like man this has just been a crazy week but like thank god we're not at e3 because could you imagine like trying to juggle all this crap and then also be at e3 it would have been nuts man i wish e3 was just the tip of that 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 spear because um well i guess it is just the tip of the spear part of yeah that's how you say it uh because when we went last year just getting the rooms and having airbnb <laughs> not cancel on us and oh. just oh what and then we were you know driving 20 miles back and forth and getting lost like oh what fun <laughs> looking back on it now it's one of those things where you can kind of like laugh at but at the time it was like what the fuck? this sucks man um but the good news is issue eight of Mega Visions is is all wrapped up. It's done. We shipped that off to the printer uh, on, was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday afternoon we sent it off. We're sitting here uh, chatting on Father's Day, uh, June 16th on Sunday. So it's been a few days. We're expecting the issues in on Thursday, which means we will have them in hand and ready for too many games on Friday. So we're crossing our fingers, hoping that <laughs> hoping that the the U.S. Postal Service comes through for us. I mean, it's like the most tried and true like government agency that we have at this point, right? I mean, it. I mean, it's hundreds of years old. Nothing could go wrong. It's gonna get here on time, right, guys? This is not the way to do business. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have no comment. I will say this. Um, I. I last issue got here like a day or two prior to what they said it would so if- um, um uh no actually last e3 i had to have jess and uh brandon's wife who who's helping us now with issue nine moving forward she actually drove from phoenix to san diego to pick them up from the printer and then drove them up to la to me since i was in town a few days early before you guys and then i handed them off to you and marson when we met in long beach yeah 
that was the the preview issue that we had uh, where yeah. we were showing people. Issue seven did arrive a few days early, um, if I if my memory serves correctly. So hopefully, uh, all that will happen. Um, but it, it's it's going to get here. We'll have it. I have full confidence. Um, but I'm I'm just super excited at this point, guys. Like I mean, we're a few days away at this point from too many games. We're all going to be descending upon uh, Philadelphia here in just a few days. And we're it's, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We have our panel 530 on Friday. So if you're listening to this and you're going to come to too many games, you got to make sure uh, you get there on Friday and come check out our panel. We're going to be over in the indie booth. All right, Scotty? Yeah, the indie stage panel stage indie Look for indie. It's near the main show floor, like where all the market places and everything. And if you're wondering what our title is, the entire full title of the panel is Join Mega Visions Magazine as they discuss why indie video game magazines survive in today's industry. <laughs> it's changed a couple times. It's gotten a little <laughs> bit longer. It's we're not known for our brevity. You yeah. know, we talk a lot. Even the title of our panels are are ridiculously long. This is how we do things. This is what we like to do. So can we just call it magazines don't suck? And like, just leave it there. <laughs> like that would, <laughs> yeah. Indie mags never say die. That's what it is now. If I'll tell you what, if uh, if we do a halfway decent job, and uh, we're invited back next year, that's going to be our title. And magazines don't suck. Magazines don't have to suck. Maybe um, because some magazines do suck. I can name a couple, but I won't do that. So anyway, maybe we'll discuss them at the panel. Come and see. Oh, snap. And then, might... and then it's an hour of me complaining about our own magazine. So I don't have to <laughs> oh, throw yeah. anyone else under that bus, you know, like, cause I don't want, <laughs> I don't want the, those guys think they're the best magazine ever. Oh no, no, no. I don't want that trouble. No, no. But, um, what, before we get started, man, there's a ton to unpack. I mean, E3 was crazy before we get in that. Let's quickly go around the room, uh, and just see what we've been up to this past week. Scotty, what have you been doing, buddy? Yeah. Um, fun fact, this month is the 35th anniversary of the first Ghostbusters movie. Uh, so my girlfriend and I watched that, and then it just happened to happen this way. Rocket League is doing their totally rad summer season or something or other, but you can now play as the Ecto-1, and they have a whole new mode, like in uh, some sort of trapping mode. I forget what it's actually called, but um, it's pretty cool. It's fun to just scoot around in the Ecto-1, and also, like, long overdue. Why the hell was the Ecto-1 not in Rocket League before now? Um, but that, that's neat. But also I streamed Rayman Two: the great escape last week, um, which was my first time playing that game on dreamcast. I remember playing the demo for it forever. Uh, have either of you guys played that one Rayman two on the dreamcast, the 3d one? Yes. I played it way back in the day. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember playing the crap out of the, the quick demo part on one of the dreamcast magazine demo discs. Um, but just never got around to grabbing it. And, I grabbed it and then I realized and then, you know, E3 is going on. I'm like, do I care about anything Ubisoft does? And I'm like racking my brain like, I don't care about Watch Dogs. I don't care about Assassin's Creed. Oh, they did make Rayman forever ago. And Origins and Legends are both great. So I was like, you know what? Let's use that excuse as an excuse to play Rayman, saying it is basically the game that Ubisoft neglected. And I want to play it now. So um, yeah, the, it was it Rayman Origins was yeah. was the that the first like four player local co-op that they yes. did, um, which was amazing. I, I remember playing that uh, with my twins and, and Elliot when we, uh, you know, when they were really little. But it was a, a really fun game. 
Um, the only thing about it was that it, it would always, if, if they played by themselves, they would immediately get into a fight because one of them would die and then they turn it into the bubble and then the other one would purposefully not pop them to bring them oh, back good. in. And oh, they're like, fun. pop my bubble! And they just sit there and start screaming at each other. I'm like, God damn it, man, this is supposed to be a game that you guys can play together and have fun. And all you do is find ways to piss each other off. Like, you can't do something, even if it's a fun game. Like, you find ways to piss each other off even doing something like that so that's that, sad that's my memories of that game that's too bad the second so. one's good too with all the rhythmic levels like the black betty level and stuff that they have but um i haven't played that one yet it's it's more of the same it has a lot of levels from the first but it's just so massive and they would have like daily challenges and stuff but um but no yeah rayman 2 uh on the old dreamcast um we had uh, we had a newcomer in the twitch who was basically guiding me through parts of the game because i was so confused at the beginning um just i don't even know where to begin on how i screwed that up but um it's fun and i got to a bonus level which i need to make a clip of because you it was like early days of mario party and mini games and just garbage because you you had to do this race where you would use the a and the b button to run kind of like a is the left foot b is the right foot so you had to tap them like you know just poorly and so i like set this thing down on a box and had to hold the controller like the cable against the side of the box so that it wouldn't go anywhere and just use both of my hands rapid fire on the stupid mini game. And it was just dumb, but I'm sure it made for an entertaining stream. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep <laughs> playing through that. I'm going to keep uh, progressing through that game, but uh, not too much else. Cause yeah, just prepping different sides of uh, stuff for too many games really. So nice. Um, is there anything I, I, I couldn't, I can't remember if, if we're keeping it under wraps or how much under wraps we're keeping it. Uh, but is there anything you can talk about the tournament? Uh, that we're going to be having like what day is it going to be any of that stuff because um, I, I, I don't remember it's going to be saturday okay. uh we haven't decided on a time yet and i don't really want to announce what the game or play style will be and I, I want people to see that at too many games um so but let's just say i've started making the trophy uh there is there is glue involved and some other things and it's <laughs> i had to go to a craft store to find particular items to add to this so yeah it'll be good i saw i guess the i don't know ingredients of what it's yeah that's gonna be word made. for it um and it i'm personally really excited to see what it's gonna become because one of a kind it's gonna be one of a kind there, i can guarantee you there's not gonna be another trophy like this maybe ever that's ever been made right so i'm it's excited gonna be good it's yeah. gonna be good i'm excited too yeah so this is gonna be awesome can't wait um mm -hmm. Uh, Sketchcraft, what have you been up to, buddy? Oh, I got a question for Scotty. Were you alive 35 years ago when Ghostbusters came out? Like, <sighs> no, uh, I, I was born think. the next year. Well, a couple months after. And so you were around for Ghostbusters too? Yeah, I did see that in theaters, and Vigo scared the shit out of me as a child. <laughs> Mainly, not Whoa. even actually, not even like Vigo himself, but like the painting part where he like morphs out of it a little bit. That part scared yeah. the shit out of me as a kid. On a side note, were you were you afraid of Mr. Boogity as well? Mr. Uh, Did you ever see that one? Or is that just a little too, no. little too early for you, right? I think so. I'll have to look up Mr. Boogity. Uh, oh yeah, you'll regret that. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 a fine moment. So all right. So what are we up to? So we wrapped up issue eight this week, um, and I always like handing off. So like this is an experience I've I've been able to have now for about ten years where I get done with the magazine and hand it off to the rest of the crew. Mm -hmm. And then I just sit back and watch hell unleash, you know? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, That's the fun part. 
And then I go, not my problem, but not really. I mean, like, I try to always be there, even though I don't want to, you know, like for, for copy editing and, and things like that. So um, it's just funny, like, no matter the size of the crew, whether it's, you know, me and one other person, me and seven people or whatever, it just, it, it always ends up being this, like, uh, if there's a deadline to be had, like, it has to go to the printer, <laughs> it's always like this 24 hours of just, like, like uh michael bay the rock like you know what? <laughs> war room right it's crazy but you yeah. know what though like i don't think that it's like it's relegated to just this one thing because everything i've done whether it's in the military whether it's in like any other project it's always like this and i think it's the exact same way in the game industry too like i think it's like a race to the finish line to hit that deadline like trying to tie up all the loose ends and there's always things that pop up at the last minute that that screw it all up, you know? And, and so I think this is just kind of like, like part and parcel to, to deadlines overall, you know, like trying to get a project done by deadline. It's crazy. I, I think with magazines though, um, because I always play such a pivotal role, like <laughs> for me, it's like, I need a week off after this, but there's never a week off. So mm-hmm. um, whatever. So that got done. Uh, I also completed the uh, the obviously the cover art for issue eight, which turned out to be Panzer Dragoon um, Saga, and then we'll get to this later. But we had a nice little E three tie into that 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 will be fun to talk about. Um, and then we totally planned that out. That was, that was totally. I, out. I've been I've been lying and faking like I totally have. It's been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also uh, already developing Mega Visions issue nine. So I got Jess on that right now and then working out her and I's work schedule over the next couple issues. And then I got further developments from now until I personally, like people don't know this, but like I, I personally agreed to do up to issue 12. And then after that, I might jump off a cliff. Um, so I have like initial ideas up through 12 that don't require any like fundamental changes that we'll all get to talk about when we're over there at your place. Um, so it's just like a matter of like, um recentering after a project you know what i mean like you don't right. sometimes you don't know where you, your your own feet are creatively so i had that plus i turned in my outlines to my my, my co-writer on little reapers for scripts and then that's that was a 24 page outline you know like that, <laughs> that was fun uh those scripts come back when i get back i gotta write that and now i'm knee deep in game cave and my own game development at toys R Us. so that it's been busy. It's been busy fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> so busy. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. The good thing is you're busy. You know, like time goes by quick. At least, you know, it's it's the and, worst thing. E3 drops. Much going on. And yeah. E3 drops. And you you really just want to check out and watch, it, you know? So some stuff I was able to, like, do that on, like, make some time. Like, I'm just going to watch this. And other stuff, it was like, well, I was just going to have to get left on while I'm working. So it is definitely it, glad we didn't go. Yeah, I mean, it was it was hard because I'm sitting here like trying to I want to keep up with everything that's going on. Uh, but I was just so busy, like just cranking out like all the text layout, like going through revisions and corrections and making all those. that it was really hard this week to just keep up with everything that was going on um, at E3. And I don't think I really was able to watch any of the. Um, presentations live like i think i just had to watch them later on that night and just get caught up that way um but on a, uh, on a quick side note did you ever see the clerks cartoon 
Uh, no, I don't think I have actually. It's it's amazing. Uh, the last episode they had gotten so like the way they appeared on TV was way out of order. But if you get the DVD or however you get a hold of it, um, it's amazing. Lighters, by the way. The uh, yeah, I don't want to get into that. So the last episode, the Clerks cartoon, they, he had received some criticism early on that the cartoon was nothing like the structure of the movie. Mm. Um, and so they did a whole. The last episode is Dante just in the, the store. He's stuck in the store like he is in the movie. Uh, but there's a carnival going outside, and everyone, like James and Bob, and everyone are going to this carnival and coming back, telling about all this crazy shit that goes on, but you never see it. And like that's basically what the entire Mega Visions crew is doing to Chris as he's attempting to like copy it in the book. Scotty and Marson and Graham, like, and hey, we got this, and oh, how did you see this? And Chris, is like, I'm really just trying to finish the magazine. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that right now. I if I if I have any of my attention turned away, like this will not happen. Like I, I, it was hard, man. Like it was really hard because especially like there's just Panzer Dragoon this way. There's Shinmu three, like all this news. I'm like, Oh my God, this shit is amazing. But I was like, if I, if I lose focus, like the, literally the magazine will not be ready in time for too many games. So um, I'm proud of myself. Like I, I, I was a man. It, I, I put in a couple super late nights, super early mornings, but we got it done. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, but it almost didn't get done, and I'll tell you why. Like, man, I don't know what happened to my computer this week, but it literally hates me. This computer is, like, possessed by the devil. Um, it's never done this ever before, but literally, like, the crunch week of getting the magazine done, it started giving me blue screen of death. Um, like, probably every, at least maybe every 15 to 20 minutes it would happen. And this is with me trying to finish up text layout of the entire magazine, going through the going through the the stuff that Graham did, like copy editing that kind of stuff, exporting PDFs and all this other stuff, trying to get that done. And in meanwhile, like while I'm trying to do that, my computer would just get a blue screen of death, and and so I I assumed it was the hard drive just going out. It's it's a it's only a couple years old, but. Um, that's the only thing I could kind of think of. Uh, so I was able to kind of work through everything and just get the magazine done on this computer. It sucked trying to do that. Um, but then I ordered a uh, a Samsung, like a one terabyte Samsung uh, solid state drive. So today I was like, you know what? Like it's Father's Day. Just like wife and kids, give me like a couple hours and let me just do this. And um, and they were they were super patient with me today while I was upstairs, like just tinkering away on my computer. Um, but I got the solid state drive put in, I got windows loaded and it's, it's running like a top right now. And so I'm, I'm super, super excited about just getting this computer like back on the right track, getting it fixed and, uh, just throwing away that, that other hard drive. Um, so, uh, man, that was one of the most stress, like it's, it's already a stressful time, right? Because we know, like, we have to get like no later then Thursday, we needed to get the, the magazine done to be able to get it, hopefully, like, in time for too many games. And all the while, like, I'm just, my computer just keeps resetting, and there's, like, nothing that I can do to fix it at that point in time um, and just trying to get through it. One of the most stressful weeks I've had this past week. And just, like, like you were saying, Rob, just, like, now that it's finally done, you can breathe for a minute. Um, and for me, personally, like, too many games is going to be, like, man, it's just going to be a decompression. Like, I'm just going to be there. I'm just going to want to have fun. Like, just talk to people. Talk to old friends that we've, you know, we've met, you know, met along the way at too many games and other 
conventions and things like that. I'm really excited and looking forward to that just as kind of just a way to blow off some steam and, uh, and just decompress. From all Can we convince Keith Apicary to moderate our panel instead of me? <laughs> it would do, it would be a complete disaster. <laughs> I would not. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I would not want Keith Apicary anywhere near our panel. How about that? Um, all right. But Didn't he get thrown out, out of E3? Oh, yeah, because he was yeah. running around naked or something. He got, I forget. he got permanently banned from PAX East. Oh, it was PAX, yeah. Because he, he, um, he like, just walked into, I can't remember what panel it was, but he was, like, in his underwear, and he just, like, he just stormed this panel with all these people, and they're like, look, you got to get the hell out of here. You can never well, come back. Who took the video cameras into the bathroom at E3, then? Was that oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, someone someone was doing something. I, I can't remember who it was, but someone was filming some bullshit. You know, one of those oh, full of cameras around with me at E3, and then they kept going in and out of the men's bathroom. So guys are literally on. The, oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. like something he would do, though. Like he's right. done a lot of stupid shit at E3, um, and that's actually how I discovered him because I I saw him. Uh, going and doing interviews with people and the, the best thing about it is he connected like a lavalier mic to a uh one of the um minister pistols and he would like put it in people's faces oh, and interview them. it was so funny man this was like probably five or six years ago uh it looks like dr disrespect streamed from inside an e3 bathroom that might be what you're talking about rob but i don't know right good stuff yeah so anyway man i'm just it's like I'm, I'm still a little bit of a ball of stress. Uh, and I think it's just kind of like after effects of this past week. But I think um, this week is going to be awesome. The cool thing is, for those that don't know, like everyone's coming in. Is it Wednesday night, right? Everyone's coming in. I'm zipping straight from work, saying "fuck all y'all." <laughs> Wednesday night, everyone's is coming in uh, to a Pal Manor. And then Thursday, we're going to be uh, we're actually going to be spending a day up in New York City uh, because Ra uh, Rob has never been. Uh, and there's just lots of cool shit to go see and do in New York City. So I'm kind of uh, let me that? tell you how excited I am. Do you know what I have? Can you hear this? Can you hear that? You know what that is? Um, are you fapping? Huh? No, even even better. This is my 12 inch movie accurate shredder from NECA that arrived yesterday finally oh movie accurate it is amazing it is the movie shredder from the first teenage mutant Ninja turtles 1990 nice uh, one fourth scale yeah it's super holy awesome. shit that must yeah. how, how, how that's huge i'm i, I yeah yeah shit. it's a man doll it's awesome that is that is really cool um but yeah i i have some some things planned out for that um and I'm I'm really excited. So we'll we'll share our New York adventure with everybody on on social media. That'll be fun. I'm I'm excited for that. So anyway, that's what we've been up to this week. Let's get rolling. It's time for Scotty's mail sack. Why don't you uh, unveil that 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 sacky or Scotty? Yeah, maybe you could come to too many games, and you could see the sack too. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So we thought we'd actually ask a question this week and uh, see what people say about the best dads in Sega. So on Twitter first, at um, Xsonoshi said, "I'm gonna say his name wrong, but uh, Rio's dad from Shenmue, Iwa I Iwo Iwo Hazuki." Um, and they also posted a little, the, the nice little flashback picture of them eating dinner. Um, and then, uh, 
at Planet Dob said Master Chen. Uh, he's in Shenmue One mainly. I don't. I haven't seen him yet in Shenmue Two. I love that been. they're still like in their geese, like at their yeah. dinner. Like he does not fuck around one moment of his life. Like he's ready to just kick ass. Like he doesn't take any time off. Like Iwo is like ready just to wreck shit, even at dinner time. That's what I like about him. <laughs> he's always training. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, at Heyman Nicholas says, I'm struggling to think of any, maybe Jiro Musashi, uh, which is the Musashi in the 3DS Shinobi game, who's the father of Joe Musashi. So a couple of good dads on the Twitter. Then Discord, uh, Saturn Memories said, hold my beer, and just went on a tirade of replies. <laughs> um, he said, first, in Burning Rangers, Lilia's dad loved her so much that he built a Death Star for her and uploaded his consciousness into it um beat that other dads uh prp also came and said ryu hazuki's dad and which yeah that that's been the popular reply um let's see oh saturn memories said i think kiro may have been born a dad that's uh kiro from yakuza uh and then he says i hate to give shenmue props for anything but yeah ryu's dad is basically uh segata shanshiro so that definitely counts for something. I guess Robotnik is a dad to many robots. Um, he goes, this is harder than I thought it would be. Then he has a picture of just a, a dude, um, a bald gentleman in a frame, and a, he's in a suit and a tie with glasses on. He points to him saying, worst dad. Apparently that's the president from Dynamite Decca or Die Hard Arcade. He keeps letting his daughter get kidnapped by the same terrorist. <laughs> and then Dr. Curian from House of the Dead and House of the Dead 3 Loved his dying son so much that he created a zombie army. Zed, uh, that, nah. Edge from Panzer Dragoon Saga is technically Orta's dad, uh, though he's not around a razor. Wise man's the father of all nightmares, including knights, so there's another bad dad. Uh, he goes, I think I've given you enough dads. You're on your own, guys. So that's a lot of dads. Um, and then we have some actual questions. Uh, Mr. Haru asks have you ever achieved nirvana by surpassing a very challenging or otherwise enthralling moment in a sega game and what would it be for me it was the appearance and overall presentation when i first reached press garden zone in sonic mania and realized it was going to be my favorite 2d sonic game it got major goosebumps hmm. so do you do you guys have a nirvana moment i i do have mine if you want me to start it off um I would say it's not Sega related, but I think Guitar Hero gave me a lot of those where like I remember playing back in the day and I couldn't beat a specific song, playing it all night long and then going to bed and then waking up and coming back in the morning and then playing it again. And I somehow was able to, to, to beat it. That was a lot of fun. Um, one other that springs to mind is probably um, sort of the Zerk Guts Rage on the Dreamcast. I remember trying to defeat Nosferatu Zod in the game, which he was like the one of the, the second of the main bosses. Like, I think he was the last boss, sub-boss that you had to fight before the, the main boss of the game. But he was way harder than the main boss. Like, it took me so long to try to understand his patterns and, and all of that. And I remember playing it on one weekend, like, literally, like, six or seven hours. And... I could not figure him out. And then I came back the next day and it was just like, I don't know what it was. Like my mind clicked, like everything. Like I was able to get his timing down and I was able to finally beat him and just zip through the game after that. And I remember the in boss being way, way, way easier than him. But uh, Nosferatu Zod was a uh, son of a bitch in, uh, in sort of the Berserk Guts Rage for sure. 
Nice. I don't think I know anyone that's really played much of that game, even though oh, I do man. know of it. I love that game. So, Do you have any sketch? Yeah, the adventures of Batman and Robin on the Genesis. And oh, it's my. not just because it was difficult. It's because it was a rental. So, you know, you had to beat it by, 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 by Sunday night. You know? <laughs> so I read it on a Friday because it was like $5 for three-day rental at the Blockbuster back in the day. Get it and just, I mean, there's only four levels, but it's just, if you don't know the timing of that game, right? It, it, you, you, yeah. <laughs> but it was so good. So me and my, my buddy would hop on co-op and fucking play through that, living off uh, burritos, you know, <laughs> carne asada burritos and Ooh, mini powder donuts. Yeah, yeah, that was that was, that was was high school. I'm looking at the last boss and it's Mr. Freeze and Batman's on a jetpack and it looks insane. Yeah, if you never played the new Adventures of Batman and Robin on the Genesis, it's... It's like the best treasure shooter that was is not a treasure shooter, you know. So yeah. it's it's very good. That sounds that sounds like a good time. <laughs> um, what about so, you? Do you have one, Scotty? Um, I have one, and then kind of two. But the first thing that came to mind was definitely unlocking ages in Sonic All Star Racing Transformed because wow. that game got increasingly difficult. And if you wanted to get that character, like I could. Oh, I have that Burning Rangers track memorized. Like, if I close my eyes, I can see that entire track now because I've tried so many times to get through that thing using a certain character that I never did. Uh, I think Petunia, uh, whoever the Space Channel 5 was that was not um, Ooh La La. Uh, but yeah, getting ages because that was just like one, still one of the best fan kind of referenced things. Age, for those that don't know, um, so in, in Transformed, you had, you know, car, boat, airplane or jet or whatever so for the car version of that it was the hornet from daytona for the boat version of that it was actually a dreamcast controller that looked like a, a um speedboat sort of modeled to look like that and then the flying one was the um f-18 i think or whatever it was from uh burning or afterburner uh but overall the driver was the best thing ever because it was a vmu <laughs> and i thought that was always so cool um, and then my other one is, is the first, you know, just anytime you get all the emeralds and then you're blasting through stuff as supersonic cause you're invincible and everything's faster and you have special music and it just felt really good to be like, fuck all you, I can do anything. I'm invincible and, and not cheating either. I'm, I'm actually invincible in this game. So fuck off. Hey, speaking of chaos emeralds, mm -hmm. collecting the chaos emeralds in the first Sonic, Ugh. I mean, that was, that was nerve wracking with those rotating levels. Yeah. I'm not you a fan you... of those ones. Yeah, and they, and they didn't have supersonic yet. So I think you even had you either had six or eight. I remember it wasn't the usual seven or something, but there was other than like the quote unquote good ending. There's no reason to get them all. So yeah, um, I got them for no reason. Exactly. Fuck it. Go go play Batman and Robin and feel like you did something, <laughs> you know. Um, and then Scrubverse asks sometimes. The passion or desire of a specific retro game far outweighs the inflated price tag on it. Or you happen to stumble upon a relatively rare game only to later discover that it's a fake. What are some of the times you guys knowingly or unknowingly got shafted on a trade or a transaction? Hmm. Yeah, I could not really think of one, thankfully, um, because uh, maybe it's just. You know, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this as well. You kind of have a nose for when people are trying to pull something over on somebody at a at a trade show or something. So I've, you know, uh, there was a time I do recall where I tried to convince a dude to not buy both Parasite Eves for like eighty dollars at pack, and this was years ago before 
like now PS1 games are kind of bumping up in price, but he was like about to buy both of them for $80. And I'm like looking at my phone. I'm like, dude, look at this auction. You can get both of these for less than that. You can pay like $15 for each of these. What are you doing? He's like, ah, but it's here. I'm like, no, you're an idiot. I'm leaving. But otherwise, I don't I don't know. I can't recall a time that I've been screwed. Can you guys? I don't think I ever unknowingly bought like a, a you know, like a pirate, a, re, a reproduction or something like that. I, that's, I don't think it's ever happened to me. Um, I did come out on, on top of some trades, especially when I was younger as a kid, but not, I didn't like knowingly or man, maliciously like take advantage of people. I remember I, uh, there was this kid uh, down the road that lived for me. Um, and I, I, we, we called him styles. Uh, because he looked like Styles oh, and Teen Wolf, and oh. he was like, because he was always like way older than us. He, I think he uh, was held back like two or three times, like in high school, and so uh, he was like, he was like the twenty-one year old that was a senior in high school. But anyway, like years before that, um, I think I traded him some like VHS movies or something for a top loader NES, and like straight up, and he with like two Wishbone controllers, uh, which at the time, like I didn't that they weren't like super rare or anything like that this was probably like in the early to mid 90s or something around there yeah, they were at target i mean i remember point blank right above mario 3 you could get a top loader pretty easily yeah they weren't selling through right and so he traded me just i think it was like some vhs tapes i don't even remember what they were but like looking back that man i i robbed that kid blind <laughs> with that so it but it wasn't one of those things where like this dude's an idiot i'm taking advantage Ooh. of him but I, that was probably one that um, I look back on. I'm like, man, I that was a that was a very uh, like, you know, way terrible trade. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really buy retro games. Like I have the games. I've ne- I just never get rid of shit, you know. Or I give it away to like friends who, mm-hmm. you know. So right. like on my N64, I had a bunch of rare N64 cards. N64 cards like um, Infer- Indiana Jones and Infernal Machine. Uh, and I remember giving those to this 12-year-old kid around 2004. He was a landlord's kid, son. Who, she had him going around to apartments fixing stuff like Miyagi would, you know? And he came <laughs> in. He knew all the games. He's like, you have Infernal Machine? And I'm like, you know this game? So, um, But I do remember once when I was at play, Dave sent me a box. Dave Halverson sent me a box of games, right? Like He's like, oh, here's all these games. It was like Golden Axe, the remake, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the one oh, on the fucking dinosaur. Yeah, and it yeah. was a bunch. Of, he sent me like four copies of the same Need for Speed game. I don't know why. I was like, whatever. So I'm like, I'm gonna take him down to GameStop, trade this shit in. And for some reason, the GameStop trade in on those those Need for Speeds were worth more than they were selling at the, Like they were selling for like forty nine, and they were like, I was getting like, like I was almost close to it, it was like forty two dollars. So uh, like that I might traded... have been one of those weird deals where you get like more percentage for trading a certain amount and it bumps up the cost somehow or something or value. I don't know. Hey man, all I know is I walked out of there with about five hundred dollars in GameStop credit. Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like... oh dude, man, this reminds man. me of an awesome story. And it was funny because I was just down in Texas uh this past like a week and a half ago, um, for my uh my daughter's high school graduation, and my my brother came up who works talking about it so this was a time like soon after the psp came out uh in the u.s and this was before the gamestop eb games merger and they had these competing deals going on and i can't remember which one was which but essentially one of them had a like a 
buy two, get one free sale going on. And then the other company had you trade in like up to three games and you get an additional $10 per game. And the thing is, is like at that point in time, they didn't have any um, like ban list on any of the games. It was like any PS2, Xbox game or I don't I don't even know if like the 360 was out yet. I can't remember. Um, but it was basically it was any game that you you got like you could trade it in and you'd get an extra 10 bucks so my brother wanted a psp and i was like dude like we can i could get you a cheap psp let's do this so essentially what we did is we went to like gamestop we bought like a hundred dollars worth of just the cheapest games that we could find and then we took it over and i mean dude we had like it was like 40 games or something crazy it was a ton of like cheap like sports games like just bargain like bin type games that you could get we got them super cheap so then we took it over to the other store and they gave us literally like we traded them in and these are games that normally you'd only get like a couple bucks for but because this promotion was going on we were getting like an additional ten dollars per game so it was like a sports game that'd give you two dollars but because that program was going on it gave us like 12 to 15 dollars per game so in the end, we ended up getting like $600 in credit out of a $100 investment. So he was able to get a brand new PSP, like Twisted uh, Metal, like all these other games. It was insane. Like, and to this day, that is probably like the best deal that we were able to kind of take advantage of and, and work to our, our advantage to this day. It was like the most epic day ever. It was, it was an amazing memory that we still talk about to this day. It was pretty crazy. Bet you they don't do that deal anymore. No, 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 no. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> I did act. I I thought of one with what you guys were talking about. Um, when I used to work at a certain video game retail outlet, um, one of my buddies um was working and he found out a dude was trying to get rid of some Saturn games, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know what? Um, uh, my buddy Scott's on here, but I'll take your number down and I can he can contact you." And so I did, and he was running me down the list, and it was overall. Uh, I'll never forget. It was 13 games and it was two light guns and three controllers. Um, and amongst those games was house of the dead one. Uh, it was like Duke Nukem, um, some other random shit. And then Panzer Dragoon saga. Oh, and shit. yeah, all of this coupled together. And I ended up paying about 80 bucks for it all. Oh my God. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing when I, the thing was like when I was going through it, my boss who we were all friends at the store so it didn't really matter but um my boss saw what i was doing he's like oh house of the dead i'm like shut up shut up walk away shut up shut up don't show excitement shut up <laughs> like um but yeah that was a pretty good haul so and, is that uh, is that your current panzer dragoon saga that you have to this day uh, a lot of people are gonna hate me i own two copies of that game oh my god <laughs> so it you was two copies what one for each side of the uh room i don't Jesus know christ <laughs> yeah he's a panzer dragoon sandwich he just likes to put Man. one on each side on his chest and on his back and just... yeah i just like to it i in my room i have one disc on each wall carefully placed so that wherever i look i can see one disc from that game <laughs> <laughs> you can't be more than like 30 feet away from a copy of panzer dragoon so i got any point in your home no, I will die. That's my source of power. I got really close. My wife got really close to buying me a, uh, a Panzer Dragoon copy a few years ago for like $400 um, for Father's <laughs> Day. 
Um, but I, I think they ended up like selling it like literally the day that they were getting, she was going to go get there. So that is my like holy grail. I so want Panzer Dragoon Saga. Um, yeah, mine, own it. my white whale is still Burning Rangers. Yeah, yeah. So. Panzer Dragoon Saga is my, mine. I really, really want that game. One of these days I'll have it, but I'm not going to pay a ridiculous no, amount of money. You, I'm not going to pay $800 for Yeah, you have game. kids you need to put through college. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Part, well, yeah. The crazy part for me is I was working, I was in charge of the game section at this toy shop right before I, I left to join the Army in 98. And so I literally left as Burning Rangers and Panzer Dragon Saga, Panzer Dragon Saga came out. Otherwise, I would because I used to just get all the main Sega shit, you know, and just keep it for myself. And I just go, "Wow, that was a waste." Like if I had just waited four months, you oh, know, yeah. I could have collected a couple grand in games. Like, right. <laughs> well, do you have like do you have a, a white? I know you said you don't really buy retro stuff anymore. Do you ever have? Like, maybe you're not even looking hard for it, but something like if you saw it, you'd have to talk yourself out of a high price or anything like something you're on the hunt for at all. Well, I won't say on the hunt for, but E3 Arcade One Up showed oh. off the Star Wars oh, arcade shit. cabinet and the Turtles arcade cabinet. Yeah. I gotta be honest, with, like I this so they showed off the Turtles one first, and I don't want to get too far into E3 stuff, but we don't really have room for this. So I'll just get to it. Um, they showed off the Turtles arcade one first, and they had another one under a, uh, a sheet, right? And I saw the Turtles arcade one. And my wife is looking at me, and I'm like, it's $50 more because you got to pay for the Turtles license, you know? Right. But I'm like, fuck, I always wanted that arcade cab. But and I, in my head, I'm like, you know, the Star if I could only get one, the Star Wars arcade cab, it was the first time I ever saw an arcade game. Like, you know, it was like, holy. Like, it was like like the last Star you walked up to it. We're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm in Star Wars. You know, I'm, I'm a Jedi, you know? Um, so I told her, I said, well, maybe I could just wait for that. And then a fucking day later, they they showed off the Star Wars one, and I just lost my shit. So I'm wondering, like, how much are they going to charge for that? You know, like if the Turtles is three fifty, I think I charge four or four fifty for the Star because they didn't even announce pricing. Do but, they? Is that the one with multiple games in it though? I, no, I know yeah, the Turtles the one's trilogy. in. Yeah, oh, it's okay. the Turtles has has Turtles Arcade and Turtles in Time. And the Star Wars has Star Wars Empire and Return of the Jedi. And Return of the Jedi is kind of junk, but they all use the same controller because mm -hmm. they were just flashing right. the cabs, and, you know, at the time. Oh so. boy, yeah, that's I'm gonna. You said the Turtles one's three fifty. Uh huh. Oh boy, that's got to be. I'd say at least four fifty. I don't want to say five hundred for that, but woof. Yeah, I don't know, but I always want, and I don't want a full cabinet because they're fucking a nightmare. So the yeah. little mini ones, like when we did the podcast, I think the first podcast we did, we were talking about what three games would you want to put in the arcade one up? And All at right. the time, I really wasn't fucking knowing what you're talking about. So I was like, I don't know, three games in an arcade system. But now I'm like, oh, well, those are the fucking two. Like literally, <laughs> they eventually <laughs> answered for you. And Star Wars all in one cab. And like, so now I'm just like, how can I marry Condo? my fucking bunker here so that I <laughs> dude <laughs> I, I was i think i was going to talk about this a little later but man they arcade one up really knocked out of the park at e3 like they man so they announced those games you just talked about they also announced that they're coming out with a line of cocktail arcade cabinets which are fucking amazing i've always wanted my own cocktail table Should and a street I, uh... fighter one and a street fighter yes. one right uh, no. with like all the street fighters yeah, so it's, like... a, it's a cocktail table where it's split screen street fighter which never existed but how amazing is that right like it's yeah, pretty great. good 
And then they also came out with um, a line of stools that you can get that look really, really good. So there's like Street Fighter, uh, Galaga, Pac-Man. And it's just like, man, like they 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 get it. You know what I mean? And they, they've been doing a good job. Like, so they're the first, like, I guess, gen generation or the first run of the arcade cabinets had some quality issues and stuff. But they did a really good job of like, of, of replacing some of the parts that were going like like faulty uh and they took care of their customers and they just kept working on it kept tweaking it with each new line of systems that came out like the product overall was continually getting better and now with the turtles cabinet this is the first four player arcade one-up cabinet that they've done which kind of opens up now like you know all this other stuff okay hold on hold on so this is the question right so i love like I, I don't collect a ton of shit, but the '90s Turtles, the, the the first movie, the original comic series, not so much the cartoon, but that's that's my jam, right? So yeah. I got the '90s NECA Turtles, I got the movie Shredder, I got the original NECA Turtles set, I got when it came out. So I just got very specific things. But the question I have is, the Turtles arcade cab is amazing. But what if they come out with an actual X Men? Six oh, player <laughs> mini cab, you, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, like, ah, so the who are the guys that did the tabletop arcade ones we saw at E3 last year? Like, are they still doing shit? Like, oh, remember with the little tabletop ones? Yeah, they had a, like the mini ones, yeah, they had a Tempest and a Street Fighter, yeah, game, they, they're still there. They, they, they did unveil a new game, I can't remember what it is. They're still doing it though, because I wouldn't mind, like, like like that for a couple of these you know what i mean like if i got the star wars one but i just i just got a feeling like two of these arcade things companies can't exist you know even though they're sort of different scales you know right um, so i can't imagine those mini ones are even playable at all like, like it's you know like you're, you're you're trying to play street fighter on this like tiny mini true. thing like i i can't it's it that's a novelty thing that you put on like your desk at work or something and it just you leave it running but these other the arcade one ups are are actually playable, um, and you you know like if if you really want you can upgrade some of the parts in it and and make it more arcade kind of quality. Okay. But a Konami a Konami one using the same cab for Turtles right reskin obviously with Simpsons Captain America the Avengers right could they get even do that because of the licensing I guess they could with Konami though right were those all Konami or were those Data no those were Konami right. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember. Because they, I mean, they couldn't. Could they? They couldn't just do a Simpsons one, right? Like they talked about it. They talked about it. If there's one arcade that they could Cadillac probably do, it. yeah, like I Cadillac think, I think the Simpsons they could get away with and just having that one. Like, what if it was uh, Simpsons, maybe. Bucky O'Hare, Cadillacs and dinosaurs, and Captain America? The Avengers. Like there was some weird game. thing. You can't get the Simpsons game on XBLA or PSN anymore, though. That was taken off pretty quick. You know what would be really savvy of the arcade one-up guys if they could team up with Limited Run and make a Scott Pilgrim cabinet. Jesus Christ! PS3 game. Yep. <laughs> you know, give us the thing since you can't you, get it anywhere else. You got Scotty up <laughs> now. Yeah, and it, would be, it would be really nice to play that game online because it's hard as hell by yourself. But um, I think Replicate might have been who you guys were thinking of. Yes. Okay. I think the, 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 they did the mini arcades. I think you're right. So, so um, speaking of Chubb, should I just zip up my sack here? 
Yeah, let's get that sack uh, put away because it's. Oops. There we go. Zipper was jammed. We're good. All right. So, okay. Now, okay. We've already been kind of uh, bleeding over into some of the E3 stuff, but let's really get into the E3 news. And man, this was probably like one of the most uh, important E3s that Sega's done in a long time. Like, as far as like announcing big stuff, like, it's been a while since I can think back to more of an impact that Sega made at E3. Like <clears throat> it's been, when was the last time that Sega has even really been featured in any of the big threes uh, briefings like Xbox, Sony or Microsoft? Like a lot of times, like you might get lucky to see uh, a Sega game kind of featured in one of the Nintendo sizzle reels or something like that. But yeah, I'd um, say probably 2015 when Shenmue 3 was dropped. Yeah, and and that was yeah that and that was a big one. Um, but that was literally just to announce a Kickstarter, <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah, um, it wasn't even the actual. Yeah, so that's weird. That's this, weird to say. Yeah, and this was a. I I think Sega did a really good job, um, at this year's E3. Um, and I'm I'm really impressed with what they did, and they, it was it was weird because now like. Sega has to kind of rely on their partners to kind of showcase their games because they don't have uh, a, a presentation of their own, which I think they, they should really consider doing something like that. Whereas, because you see Devolver Digital has been killing it year in and year out on their own uh, presentation. They just stream it online and people love it. They put it on YouTube. It gets a billion views and it's it's awesome every year. And this year, I don't know if you guys watch it. It was it was hilarious. It's, it's in my I E3 picks because it's batshit crazy. Like, I didn't watch <laughs> it before, but I just happened to be, like, streaming Angry Joe watching E3 stuff, you know? And he's, you know, he was in my, he was in a surly mood, which I was like, I was feeling because of the, the deadlines. I was like, God, just let Angry Joe <laughs> right. bitch about all this shit. And then the Devolver thing came on, and I was like, this is RoboCop? Like, <laughs> like what? A, and then this giant, like, blood month. It was like one part guar. One part, you know, movie spoofs. One part office. One part. Dude, direct. So good every year, man. It's 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 so funny. I can't remember who that lady is. That's like their their main host. She's some. She's an actress, but dude, she's so funny. She's so good every year. I I. She's like the one person that like I want to see their stick or whatever she's doing every year now. Like she's great. Um, but even limited run games had this is like the second year that they've done a presentation. So I think at this point, Sega should consider just doing their own thing. Um, just doing kind of like how Nintendo does their, um, what do they call it? It's not the tree house, but it's whatever, like Nintendo direct, something like that. Just like it's a, yeah, it's, Nintendo a direct. it's a pre recorded thing and they just put it online to show off all their games. Um, I think they should consider doing something like that. But um, anyway, so the first bit of, of big news. So Shinmu three, um, they announced like it was a few days before E3 that um, they announced that it was going to be coming out a few months later, that it was going to have a slight uh, delay in the, uh, the actual release of the game. Um, but with that news it came out that they were going to be exclusive to the Epic store on PC. And, Pretty much the whole internet had a meltdown at Good that. Good lord. What was your guys' reaction when you guys heard that? 
Uh, my gut reaction was, oh, that doesn't seem right, but hey, that's why I got it on PS4, and I did not care. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Internet. It's a fickle thing, right, with Steam. So on one hand, people complain that, you know, so I got I got developer, indie developer friends like um, Michael, oh, I forget his last name. It's Mike. So he made Wolverblade, right? Yeah. And like his sales, he talks about it on Twitter all the time. His sales on the Switch were amazing. And he has yet to do like the total amount of Steam sales are, don't even equal one day of Nintendo Switch sales ever. So, you know, people have been saying we need an alternative to steam and then the epic store comes around and everyone's like i'm not using another browser because i got all these other ones and i'm just like i don't know where to sit on that you know like i get both sides of the issue at the same time developers need to be able to sell things and curate them in stores that aren't being overwhelmed with chinese shovelware dude let's just be honest there's a lot of bullshit shovelware on steam yep you know even after they've tried multiple times to say we're gonna like you know be more strict about what goes up you have to pay this fee to uh, put things on our store yada yada it hasn't really done that much and it almost feels like every you know every 10 15 years they try to figure out how to like streamline the dc universe you know we're gonna have zero hour and then we're gonna have infinite bullshit you know it's like how can we make it an online store so you know it's it's clean and we can find things and nintendo just deletes the old one and starts with a new one like that's their plan i guess <laughs> i guess jesus so the epic store is i don't know i don't know what to think about it. i've yet to have it happen where you know i was like 100 percent. i'm only going to get it on this platform and it's not available there um right and we'll get into it separately but double fine you know got announced that they were being acquired by microsoft and i backed their fig you know for psychonauts too but they immediately went out and said, hey, so, you know, any platform you pick will be honored and will be on that platform. And I don't understand why Epic would want the pain of being seen as the villain. They should just honor the original ones. And then after that, moving forward, you know, it'll be exclusive, you know, like right. you'll get it on that platform. Um, but then, like, maybe it will only be available to people who, who got it on that platform or something. I don't I don't know. Like, they're it's, just... Yeah, it's a really weird thing. And I get... I feel I almost feel bad that I don't feel bad because like I've always been a console gamer up until literally last year when I finally for the first time ever built a PC and now it's like oh I have Steam I can play, play things through Steam but now it's like I don't have the Epic Store launcher or anything but it doesn't really matter to me that much but I, a lot of people are like this is where my games are on Steam this is where my achievements my um you know my hours put in my everything else and I don't know I just can't I don't know. I feel I do feel bad, and I understand how some people feel like they were lied to in terms of the Kickstarter tiers uh, with Shenmue 3 saying, you get this, 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 and a Steam key, and this, 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 this. So a lot of people feel like they should get their money back. That's hard for them to do, but I don't know. But um, on, a, on a separate note, I'm everyone here knows I'm a big VR guy. So right. I was following a lot of the Quest news. I also follow Jason Rubin's Facebook account, who's the VP over at Oculus Quest and you know co-founder of Naughty Dog. And just watching every time they had a Quest announcement, watching the VR developers just constantly tag them. You, you're not allowing... Because they said something about we want to make sure there's quality. So he wanted to make certain that they wanted to quality, quality games in the Oculus Quest store, which means basically you know, games that could pass some form of certification, you know, mm. like not just weird demos. And look, VR developers are like, that, that means you're leaving us out. 
you know, and then he has to go there and go, no, Beat Saber was made by like three people. It's not small developers. It's just, and I get that because look, with the standalone unit, you don't want a situation where some weird shovelware breaks your whole fucking unit. You know what I mean? So, right. so that's a diff- But I wonder when they come out with the quest two or three, will the quest store carry over or will like how, how, what is, I mean, there's no one plan moving forward with every store, you know, obviously like Nintendo just makes a new store and fuck if you bought all those old games on the Wii U, you're never getting them on your switch, you know? So, but I don't see that they get shit, but not like the Epic. I think the Epic store thing gets, you know, a lot of shit because they're so tied to Fortnite, you know, sort of seen as like a bastion for teenagers, which I don't get into, but Um. this is bullshit in terms of they had a Kickstarter they said they were going to have these on the different platforms. They said we're going exclusive and we're not refunding the difference. Right. That Epic should have just paid for the difference. If they weren't going to put it on the other stores, they should say you get a refund and refund the difference, you know? This is also hopping off of um, them saying that you can get Shenmue 3 at GameStop. And it's like, what about the people that thought we could only get it through Kickstarter? Like, we funded this and we thought we felt special. And now it's like, oh, you can just walk in GameStop and pre-order it. So that I, I connected to that a little well, more than this, but I think it's it's sort of the that's one of the layers of why people are pissed about this. I actually think that's a good thing because what about people who don't have who don't trust you know or don't have the ability to, to you know like like if you're you don't have the ability to, to go on a Kickstarter and set up an account you don't want to put a credit card in there but you know you got some used games laying around you can go trade them in a GameStop and pick up the game that's yeah. a, that's not a bad thing the, no well, it's the not bad that's part what of this like people are still yeah. mad about that even though it's not actually a bad thing well, that's ridiculous the, the thing that is ridiculous is them saying that you can't get a refund if it's not on the platform right. you wanted on that is the part where I'm like man that's just why do you want that trouble for yourself epics can afford to pay whatever difference it was you know what i mean like it can't even if it's 10 million so that's what hey but that's the price they pay for having an exclusive shenmue you know what i mean like you know it's gonna sell forever put it on there otherwise i just man it's just who what pr <laughs> i wonder if they'll they'll go back on that though you know well they do have um they said that they're going to reassess stuff i mean it was pr mama jumbo but um but at the same, so they're going to go reassess this. They're going to meet about this, I guess. But like at the same time, why the fuck did you not think about every possible response to this before you made this announcement and have something ready? Yeah, just go at it like you yourself are being hosed here. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've, I've sat in rooms, you know, where people who make things do get out of touch with people who buy things, you know, right. not so much like with games. I've, Luckily, you know, the, honestly, the people I work with in games are very much in the game. So, um, but I can definitely tell you, like in clothing and in comics, I've been there where it's like they just go, "Oh, it doesn't fucking matter if you know you get like we had these hoodies once that were Star Wars hoodies, um, and they put capes on. They had a Darth Vader one, but they put capes on like Luke Skywalker shit, like, and because they they were just like, "We're gonna put a cape on everything because capes sell." Then they're putting capes on Spider-Man and capes on Hulk. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? You know, you can't put a cape on a Hulk. You get a cape and you get a cape and you get a cape. Literally, it was like that. And they were like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, guys, you're going to get clowned to no fucking. This also happened when Fox Marvel was at war with Fox and they wanted to expunge X-Men and Fantastic Four from everything. And so they had the cover to Secret Wars. 
and they had my my buddy Joe remove all the X Men characters and Fantastic Four characters and put in you know Marvel characters, and that shit went viral. Like they were like they're deleting the characters out of history, rewriting history, and I'm like. You know, you're sitting right there going, guys, we don't want this trouble. You know, like, <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No, it really matters. You know, it's crazy. And I will say the one thing I was kind of butthurt on is uh, I got just the basic PS4 version of Shenmue coming to me. Um, they did also announce this is the only thing limited run games didn't make me happy about is there's a limited edition that limited run games is doing. It's a physical version. Um, am I stealing your thunder? Did you want to mention that at all, Chris, or? No, no, no. Um, I wasn't going to mention it, but I, I was kind of confused about it because yep, they there was also a physical version that you could have gotten through Kickstarter. Yep. Um, but how different is that version compared to the one the Limiter Run's doing? I don't. Th- mm, there's no light box in the Kickstarter tier at all. I don't remember that. I don't remember a Phoenix Mirror either. Uh, Phoenix slash Dragon Mirror, but you get patches like all the patches that are on reuse jacket basically a big fancy red box and some stickers um and yet you also get a physical pc version hold on is that the one that was weird and it was like not an actual pc game or something i need to look at this i don't blame limited run at all in this they're they're just trying to bring shinmu 3 to as many people as possible this is not something that's on them um, if anything, this is a a miscue on on is it Wyasnet? How do you, I don't know how do you fucking say ease. It. ease is it EaseNet like uh like the game Ease? Um, but yeah, exactly. It's just man, like I don't know how how you you can't kind of read that, you know? Like it's just a a really bad judgment. It reeks of mighty number nine kind of Uh-oh. style of business right and, like yeah it, it does i'm gonna say it. it really reeks of that look i back that kickstarter you know i picked the ps4 because i tend to not game on the i only have one game on my on my pc and it's forza because uh horizon because i'm not buying an xbox one for one fucking game like <laughs> you know what you though, know? It, it, i i wonder though this could potentially be a deep silver Maybe. choice as well they're the publisher of the game so sega is not even publishing this game we all we've known that for a long time deep silver is publishing the game so i wonder if this is something that deep silver was kind of pushing and in easenet just kind of went along with it maybe i'm looking at the shenmue three tiers and there's nothing that's exactly like the limited run collector's edition they're the ones that are physical and have other stuff with them is like the gachapon stuff the toy capsules and um other like mp3 downloads digital art books all that shit so like part of me i'm butthurt because it's like oh man i like that collector's edition wait i already backed the kickstarter what the fuck am i doing i can't do this so but it's it's completely different from all the kickstarter tiers though is what i'm getting at yeah it's it's also on, on a side note it's why i constantly push back against putting new games on the covers of like our magazine like I only want legacy. So if we're gonna cover Shamu three, then the cover art's gonna be from the good Shamu games I can guarantee are really good. Because when I was at Retro, you know, we ran issue one with Mighty Number no. Nine. I put all this effort in this Mighty Number no. Nine cover that I can never fucking sell ever. It was a colossal waste of my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's always the risk. You t- I felt Double Fine did it perfectly with their announcement of Psychonauts 2, you know, covering all the pre-existing 
platforms that they agreed to. Uh, as but this was the polar opposite. It was like, oh, oh well, you know, tough luck. Yeah, it's overall a very sad thing. And even um, Adam Korlick, is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah, of, I, think, I think that's how you say it. He may as well be the spokesperson for the Shenmue community. But uh, he even did a video on YouTube of just saying, like, I'm. he's just sad, like, how much the community that brought this game into existence through organization and just working together, how divided and just, just like, I don't even know, just sad and depressing this is all becoming from this community overall well here's the thing is like this community is probably the most devoted community to any one game or, or series that you could possibly get you know is it and, tied, can I, I got a question on that i want to, on that tangent is it tied to operation rainfall like you remember that the i don't bringing the think four so. games because that was just those wii games it was operation rainfall trying to get games ported to pc Oh, it was bringing these these games that were exclusive to the, the remember the original GameCube four to like other platforms. It was like bringing games that were never going to come over here. Over oh, okay. Here. So, um, like like uh, what's an example of it? Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles: Last Story. Yeah, yeah. Pandora's Tower. Right, especially the last story, which was looking like it was never going to come stateside, so they were pushing for that. I just think, like, not since Operation Rainfall have I seen a more devoted fan base to getting this, you know, this game done. And I here, wish there was, you know. Yeah, and here's what I was going to say, though. It's like, you can't blame the fan base for being upset at this. This is squarely on those who made that decision to do this. Like, they're holding those people who made those decisions accountable because it's a bad decision, you know, like they're not just going to be completely devoted and, and it's just going to follow whatever decisions that are made blindly. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. You can't expect that from a fan base. So it's, it's a good thing that they're pushing back on this and saying like, Hey, this is not what you, you said, this is not like what we signed up for when you launched a Kickstarter, you, you know, we signed up for getting steam codes. This was very, very specific in what you put on the Kickstarter. And we signed up for that. We gave you money and we helped fund this game. And now you're changing it. That's not okay. And they should hold them accountable to that. And, it, and it's good. It, it seems like that's happening and they're going back and reevaluating this. And I, I hope that they come back and, and make a, a good decision. What I think might be is like, there, there might be some sort of contract already in place with Epic. And so it might be something that uh, it's like a timed exclusive sort of thing. I don't know how long that would be, but yeah. But how good this is? You know, you were gone from it there. We we talked about this before, but like, how good a move is that for Epic to be on the that side of? Oh no no no! Fuck all these people! Like it's just it's not worth the bad PR. You know what I mean? It really isn't. It's not even their fucking game, really. So it's like I don't understand why they would want the trouble of of you're not going to get refunds you know, if you don't want to be on our platform, like you're just going to have to get it here. I, I'm not downloading Shenmue on my PC. I played it on a console. I want to play it on a console. Like that's my point on it. Just like imagine if Nintendo is like, oh, we're ceasing to make hardware. We're going to kickstart the next Mario game for whatever reason. We all go on there and then they sign a deal with Epic. I'm like, ah, fuck it. You're never getting that shit on a console ever again. Like, but that's how I played the game. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm sorry. Like, I love PC gaming guys, but there is a simplicity to console, you know, stuff that I like my my thing with PC development is I will forever mod a fucking game. 
Like, I will just not play it. You know, like, that's what happened to me with, you know, Oblivion and Skyrim. And at the end of the day, Left 4 Dead 2. Like, I just kept endlessly modding the games, not playing them. Same with Minecraft. So, uh, I need to play them on a console in order if I have any chance. Any chance. This is even like Dragon Quest XI. When they, you know, you could easily mod it to put in those symphonic score. I was like, can't do it because I'll just stop, I won't stop modding. It. You know, like, I won't stop modding the game. And then to say that they're not going to refund that and you just got to deal with it. It really is hashtag deal with it. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sunglasses and all. Yeah, I think I, it's it's going to be interesting to see, but I I, I have a feeling they're going to go back and and try to fix this. If they come back and be like, well, I'm sorry. Uh, we signed a deal, and uh, it's going to be exclusive to Epic for a year. Um, I hope that they get ready to refund some people, um, because people are going to be really pissed at that. Honestly, like I, I have both Steam, Epic, and good old games installed on my PC, uh, and the Epic Store gives me a free game every week, a free indie game, and I've been downloading all of them. And it doesn't. Um, it it seems like a, it's it's a decent you know like ecosystem and in, in, in store um i know people have this weird thing that apparently it's it's like semi-owned by a chinese company and there's all this you know like concern that there's spyware in it and all this other stuff but um i don't know i i don't have any qualms if i want to play do they own an android <laughs> i own an android do, yeah. do they own a galaxy well you know uh, it's semi-owned by a Korean and Asian company. Yeah. <laughs> if you're aware, but that's and there's what, a that's what of people, on your phone. That's what a lot of people are upset about, though, um, because they're anti-Epic Game Store, and you know they have all their shit primarily on Steam. So I understand why they're mad, but for me personally, it's not that big of a deal. But I I want um, EaseNet and Deep Silver to fix this because it's the right thing to do. I'll, I'll say it seems like a colossal waste of argument yeah you know? yeah it's just, it's just like just fix it do, do what you said you're gonna do and don't don't make a controversy out of something that there's no need to make it like this is entirely Perfect. perfectly a, well said yeah just don't do that you know what i mean you've got like all the goodwill on your side just fucking fix it and just carry on that's all you got to do so all right next up dude this was probably my announcement of e3 i fucking lost it this was like i don't know how but like i i was able to watch the the uh, the microsoft the xbox show without it being spoiled to me i don't know how i think it was just because i was so balls deep in uh, getting the uh the the magazine done yeah so i got this a little spoiled for me i was trying to watch it live when and like uh and danny and tj and i were all kind of chit-chatting and then i think my stream fell behind and they're like is this fantasy star is this fantasy star i'm like what are you guys talking about there's nothing that looks like oh fuck i'm like five minutes (laughs) behind in their live stream right now what the fuck is going on so sega announced fantasy star online is coming west in spring of 2020 during the xbox presentation this goes back to what i was talking about at the top of the E3 talk in that there's really not been any Sega uh, presence in a lot of the, um, the, the big threes presentations over the last few years. And this is one of the first ones that we've had. Um, it came out of left field, man. Like I went into this, we actually had to talk about it. Like the last episode or two 
where we're like, and I think I said, like, there's no way Fantasy Star Online is ever going to be coming out at this point in time because, dude, it's been fucking nine, seven or eight years. Yeah, it's been, yeah, uh, 2012 was when it came out in Japan. It's, it, and it, why would an MMO that was really seven years ago that was promised to come out in the West, why would you ever think that finally seven years later they're going to bring it out? Like, there's, that doesn't happen. Um, and so I had lost like all hope that Fantasy Star Online 2 was ever going to come. And they did it. Like they actually did it. And I have no idea why. <laughs> I don't I don't know um why they're doing this at this point in time. Like what um whose decision it was. Uh I've I've heard through the grapevine. I haven't got any formal confirmation, but I I I've heard that this was solely a Sega of a Japan decision that this wasn't something that like Sega of America or Sega of Europe decided was going to happen. Like Sega of Japan finally kind of gave the, um, the okay on this and they, they're the ones that made it happen. Um, Hmm. It's just, but why is it now is the time? I, it was so confusing for me. I would had so many of the just, like conflicting emotions but i was excited and this was really really cool what were your guys's uh i guess uh what were your guys reactions when you you heard about this um on a previous site that i wrote for sega addicts i was the one that wanted this to happen most because i missed the boat entirely for fantasy star online one i never got online or anything so it was just the continual torment of uh most punchlines of jokes would be uh oh yeah and fantasy star online 2 for scotty <laughs> and so um it just like became this ongoing joke and i said to some former sega addicts crew members like when this was announced i was like all right we we bashed about shenmue 3 enough we bashed about this enough so what else was there anything else we were joking about that might just become a game at next e3 like come on now and also uh side note to anything i there was so much harassing being done to like Aaron Weber and everybody else. And none of them ever, like all anybody wanted was a confirmation. Just tell us it's tell us all that it's definitely not coming out in the West. And, but they never said that. So that makes me think that they had this idea in their back pocket for a long time, but just something clicked or some, you know, I don't know, trademark ran up or something weird that allowed them to do it finally this year, but they knew about it for a while. Does it still have dial-up modem support? Like, I hope. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I think it's cool. Uh, I'm glad that it's not like, you know, it's some is it is it an actual purchasable game or is this like a free-to-play model? Uh, it's, they said it is free. It's free. free-to-play. Yep. Right. So hey, you know what I mean? Like, it's awesome, right? Like, we did talk about it. It happened, and I said they're going like that's pretty cool. Not gonna play it. But I think it's cool. I was really hoping for virtual online, virtual on online, virtual. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a virtual, virtual on online. Yeah, yeah. I this is a really cool thing because it could also be something we do like community streams or not even streams, just like get a couple fans together, friends and fans together to play Fantasy Star on like a chill Saturday afternoon or something. Just it's weird. All like, of Fantasy Sega. Star is this kind of weird like thing that you just get on, and it's almost like a mindless like romp through a level it's like a glorified chat room that's you're just that's you're just, you're, right yeah and and, and face is that i'm i'm looking forward to going back into it because i do have a lot of fond memories of playing the original fantasy star online like me and graham dude like back in 2002 like 17 years ago 
18 years ago or, or 16 years ago or so, like we played this and we had a great time. And that's like what helped build the foundations of like Sega nerds and, and eventually Mega Visions and everything else. So it's, it's going to be awesome. Like I would love to be able to just come and hang out with the Mega Visions crew. And we're just, you know, just talking about the magazine and just, and wrecking shit. And it's just, just kind of mindless hack and slash, but it's fun. And you're just kind of hanging out with your friends and you're just kind of doing something together um, it, it is a lot of fun. I'm, I did play the beta, like when it first came out way back in the day. Um, and there was, it, it really sucked. You had to go through these like super elaborate, um, like translation, you know, hacks and things like that to try to figure out like how to do it. I went through all that, um, and played it a little bit, but then after like Sega started closing off a lot of the, like the, the kind of the loopholes, how to, to be able to get to um you know like from westerners to be able to get in and play on japanese servers and everything so at that point i was like all right like this is just way too much work i'm not gonna do it i'll wait until they finally release it in the west it was a weird thing because the way sega of america did it is they announced originally that it was going to be coming out in the west like this was something that was like coming out in america a hundred percent and then it just got delayed and they announced like, oh, it's just delayed. It's still coming out. We're still going to be doing it. But they wouldn't really talk about it a lot. Um, and it was just it became a running joke. It became such a running joke on the website on Sega Nerds because we, we have a uh, um, we had a um, a release list, like a release schedule on Sega Nerds. And we just put TBD and then LOL on like the, the release yep. like dates. And it was just became this running joke that. Star Online 2 is never going to come out. Um, and it makes total sense because what I think is happening is that there's such a disconnect between Sega of Japan and Sega of America and Sega of Europe that Sega of Japan is making all the decisions, but they're not really passing on much of the information to Sega of America or Europe. So they're left on an island of, and, and Sega of Japan is just not communicating. So they don't really know. So they're basically just waiting for Sega of Japan to tell them things what to do. And so all they can do from a, like a, a marketing and PR standpoint is just be like, well, it's delayed. We don't really know. But they can't say that. So all they say is just like, oh, it's still coming. It's it's just delayed, you know, and that sort of thing. And it's just been this ongoing thing for like seven years now. Um, and to finally see this game actually coming, it's 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 a weird it's 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 almost it's just I can't believe it in some ways you know like it's you know, what, it's, you know what it gives me hope for that we'll get a proper Dragon Quest Ten mm. release one day one day I'll get to play this it'll be the only MMO I play after giving up on WoW so long ago like <laughs> I'll be like I'll play this one because it's Dragon Quest but yeah so one other tidbit to talk about right here is um. So, like I said before, it was announced during the Xbox um, conference that it was going to be on Xbox One and PC. But then Phil Spencer um, said later on that it's actually going to be coming to all the platforms. So, I, I assume it's going to be on PS4, it's going to be on Switch, it's going to be on everything at some point. Um, I don't know if it's like a timed exclusive on uh, Xbox. It may just be a timed exclusive on the Epic Store. Who knows? You know, maybe Will it be available on Alexa. Like, I hope. 
if dude, if if the Sega has its way, man, the Sonic toaster is gonna fucking play PSO too. Mm, yes, yes. So, yeah, if yeah it's it was available re- on the Sonic toaster. How great <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it was really, it was cool. It was during an interview um, with Giant Bombs Jeff Gersman, but the quote uh, that I thought was fucking awesome. Phil Spencer said, "Yes, it will end up on all platforms. The point was to have Sega on our stage since it's been a while. Like that's pretty cool for him to say." Phil Spencer is. An awesome dude, man. If you yeah, watch some of his it. interviews, that guy is so good. And he is exactly what Microsoft needed, what the Xbox brand needed. He he just someone who's smart, who who can can, can relate to the fans, who's a gamer at heart. And he the man, like if you look at what the state of Xbox is today compared to what it was like before it launched and a year after it launched. They have made so much progress, and they're 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 positioned in such a good way going forward in the next generation. I had no faith that they were going to be able to get here. I like just to see just the shitstorm that they created on themselves. He's he's done a great job. So man, kudos yeah. to him. Like great great job. I'm happy to see Xbox in the position they're in going into the next generation. And I'm super happy to see PSO2 coming to all the all the platforms in the West. That's going to be awesome. And so the last bit of Sega news for E3. There's a ton more we could talk about, but we'll, we'd be here all night. Um, man, the Panzer Dragoon remake trailer was featured during the Nintendo Direct. And that was maybe maybe not as much a surprise as PSO2, but dude... I was not expecting it. What, what were you guys thinking when you were watching this? And you're like, you had, Scotty, when you were watching this, you had to immediately know what it was, right? I did. Uh, I was watching it during my lunch at work, and I was just like, wait, is that, oh, shit. And I, it's a good thing no one else was in the lunchroom. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was just like, was that, that was. And they, they said nothing about it, because it was in there. It was in just showing everything that's coming up. But It was like the sizzle reel, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it looks great. I'm pumped. It looked really, really good. Um, is this so? It's just the it, first one. But I remember Sega announced this already. Like this wasn't a new thing that we didn't know was happening. They announced that they were going to be making Panzer Dragoon remake one and two. Yeah. So this is something that, was that like had been all announced. They said they hadn't said they they that was literally the announcement. Just that those remakes were in the works and nothing else. No screenshots. No title screen or anything so this was you know after i don't even know how long ago it was that they announced that um but it, it had just been so long that everybody was like is anything going on with this like they haven't said anything since then and then mm-hmm. boom gameplay so have we heard that is this exclusive to the switch or is it just was featured I on don't know that's the weird thing that with sega not having a conference of their own Right. They, I think, what they do is they pick and choose a game to feature on one of the big three, and saying like, okay, how can we make the most of, um, like, how can we get the most exposure out of all of the games that we have ready to announce and showcase? So they they pick and choose games. So they'll give Xbox a game, and they'll give Nintendo a game, and Sony a game, um, and then they'll announce the rest on their own. And so it seems as looking at like what they did with the xbox and pso2 is that they gave that to xbox to showcase but it's actually coming out to everything so i'm wondering if this is the same type of thing like it's still going to come out on everything but it was just showcased on 
the Nintendo Direct. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to find out here. I'm kind of Googling rapidly and I don't see anything that's yeah, I don't see anything that says it's definitely on the Switch and only on the Switch, but I don't see anything that says otherwise either. Uh, Rob, do you have did you have any like big, you know, like thoughts or emotions about Panzer Dragoon coming on the Switch? Well, I mean, I just sat there going like, now everyone's gonna think, <laughs> you know, and that's exactly. I mean, immediately I had people in person. Have you no, ever? Makes, hold on, they were like, now it all makes sense. I'm like, you dicks. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> now it all. Now our magazine makes sense. I want to like, know, like, <laughs> did you ever have in your history of working on magazines or anything like that? Did you ever have something as fortuitous as the timing of something like this happening when you're launching a magazine, an issue? And you having no idea that there's actually a sequel or a follow-up to that game coming out, like or or being announced at the around the same time as the issue's launching. Has something like this ever happened to you before? Yeah, so it happens to me a lot, actually. <laughs> like, like I go off on these rants, man. Like I remember we I was at Mad Engine once doing these t-shirts and the Star Wars shit wasn't selling. This is 2012. Avengers had just come out. Thanks, and they're man. like and they were like, hey man, um, you know, what can you guys do to make these shirts sell? And I sat there, I'm like, well, you need to have a new movie series. You know, like Marvel's got all these movies coming out. You haven't had a movie. Even if you started production next week, you wouldn't have it in theaters till 2015, which is 10 years since the last film. No one fucking remember. The kids don't remember this. They don't give a shit. You know, you kind of ruin the goodwill. You probably should get a guy to reboot it like fucking that J.J. Abrams dude I sure who did Star Trek or fucking Brad Bird. You know, like, <laughs> and like they, they, I was on the phone going on this rant with uh, Lucasfilm, you know, or Lucas licensing or whatever it was called at the time. And they were just like, well, that's not going to happen. So you have to figure it out. And I'm like, well, it can't be fucked. We can't fix it. And like fucking a week later, all that shit got announced, you know, and they were looking at me and I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. You know, it just seemed like an obvious idea. But we, uh, we predicted the Wii U before it came out. I called it the Wii View. I'm like, it's going to be the, the, the Game Boy screen or dual screens and you'll be able to take it with you and shit because it just seemed like that's the way it's going to go. So, like, this happened all the time at, like, play. I mean, and Game Fan, I wanted to put on Game Fan Issue 1, you know, um, No More Heroes because I had been doing this No More Heroes piece and he was like, it's not going to happen because, you know, we're going to be out after the game and then they announced fucking No More Heroes 2 and all. I don't know. It's just, it's just this, I think, you know, the thing is we're at our age now where we're like hey what could we do to give something that hasn't gotten some love some love and it just seems to line up right with like that reiteration of something mm. you know like so um, it does seem like that's happening more with sega stuff now than nintendo or not not one-to-one but i mean like at least more sega stuff is being relevant all of a sudden you know what i mean Right, and so I think like that's why it's important that as we we pick things for the magazine, we're picking things that are legacy things, not like yeah, you know, you know, not trying to figure out the market. Like, what do we actually give a shit? Like, I fucking love Shining Force. I get it. No one else gives a shit, but one fucking day, man. <laughs> I Rob, Rob, Rob. I one day I give a shit. You know, well, one you day they're I gonna announce. Right there all along, buddy. <laughs> They're going to say, we're doing Shining Force 3. It's going to be in 2D. Using the, you know, it's going to have a full symphonic score. It's going to take all that content and tie it all in. It'll be amazing, you know? And then we'll get Shining Force 4, made by Lizard Cube. So. Oh, yeah. And I'll be super happy, right? Right? I mean... Hey, it could happen. Mick World! I, I, I was a little, like, I wonder if they're going to get us on the We Covered Saga and not... You know, but I don't think... I think people were just, it's the dragon! You know, they just... 
Mm-hmm. Funny part was the color scheme looks very similar to the cover. <laughs> like, right. Like I was like, hey, you know, like I just like I just was like, you know, so I just told everyone, yeah, we, we definitely knew, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we we may as well go along with it. People are gonna be asking us at too many games or be like, yeah, and you know what? We got the goods on Shenmue four. Just go with it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We've Sega's been like really uh like asking us a lot of like feedback and all this all the stuff so we tons Shenmue of NDAs. exclusive yeah. to psp go yeah what's funny is um i was uh moving some stuff uh today because i was working on my computer and uh I, I brought out a playstation tv box and jamie was like what is this like why do they have a box when you could just get playstation tv on your ps4 i was like oh it, this is because Sony doesn't know how to market anything, and yep. they came out with a set-top box um, that was essentially a PlayStation Vita, but you could stream certain things like Netflix and Hulu, but you couldn't actually stream PlayStation TV on the device that's called PlayStation TV. And this is the problem with Sony <laughs> that they've had for like years, is they just come out with hardware that the software is not ready for. You also so. couldn't play all the Vita games on the PlayStation TV. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I, I have one of those things. Yeah, so... Um, all right, let's let's go to the next thing. I, I've lost track of where we're at. Okay. Favorite moments. Favorite moments of E3. So we're moving on from Sega. Sega's old hat now. Let's just, let's just move on. Dude, there was so much crazy shit that happened at E3. Let's go down and talk about some of, like, the most crazy shit that happened at E3, Sketchcraft, lead us on onto this because man, I'm I'm sure there was a lot of cool stuff that happened that uh, you were super hyped about. All right, so super hyped about uh, obviously Final Fantasy VII, right? Oh. Like we can all just agree that that you know. And look, I'm a point and click guy, so they managed to find some kind of hybrid mode, you know, that gives me that turn based effect if I want it, or you can play it even faster. So I don't care that the game's being split into God knows how many fucking parts. Like we, I I've I've known that for about seven years now. So I've learned, like, <laughs> I've made my peace with that, like, right. whatever. But, like, what I really think, too, is they've done a good job of retaining the feeling of those original designs and not, like, giving them all those Advent children Abbey shot co- cloaks and shit, you mm-hmm. know? Like, like, they're all wearing, like, Matrix scarves and shit. Like, they're actually wearing the real costumes, so. And, look, I mean, hey, and the game did look amazing. It felt like the first major win for Square and God knows how long. You know, so um, the the other batshit crazy moment again is that Devolver Digital fucking thing. It's just batshit oh, crazy. So it's good. super batshit crazy. I love also, it, man. I know you don't care for the PC Game Awards show, but there were some. So the the chick on there, uh, chick, sorry, the the, the woman who's presenting uh, this British woman. She, so they had Velthania, Velthania, Ashley saying uh, Velferis. Right, which is this Symphony of the Night heavy metal gothic platformer uh-huh. that looked fucking amazing. And she brought she had this giant, like, it's a BFG from hell, dude. Like, it's bigger than her. Like, they, <laughs> so the PC Game Award show, although it's a small, you know, scrappy little event, was charming and had some really cool stuff that if you, if you follow Game Dev on Twitter, they had a lot of stuff on there. Like Songs of Conquest, which is like this sort of pixel 3D Heroes of Might and Magic okay. style game. So uh, there was a lot of cool shit there. 
the other batshit crazy moment that kind of blew me away was just that Psychonauts 2 was going, Psychonauts or Double Fine in general was going to Microsoft. Like That was crazy. I was not expecting that. And, and Microsoft has been buying up studios um, like a lot lately. And the crazy part is how they started off. So I only bought an Xbox in, two, in 2001 because, because of psychonauts going to xbox they announced a deal microsoft right. microsoft was going to publish and all these mascot games were going at the time to me it felt like it was going to be this hd version you know of um of the you know 64 gamecube with blinks the cat and fucking voodoo vince and and so and uh rare's game the fairy game um what was the fucking fate? What was the, fate? What was the, the fairy game? Fucking. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I know exactly so, what you're talking about. So I was like, oh, that's good. And then out of nowhere, fucking, what's his name? Peter Moore decided to be like, no, we're not doing mascot games and can't cut the funding for Psychonauts. And Tim and him had, I mean, almost went out of business and managed to get Majesco of all. Majesco, are they still around? Dude, like, no, <laughs> they're not. But Majesco, dude, they. They publish some awesome games, man. Yeah. I love Majesco. That and literally, they, they, like, I'm legit. I, I love them, and I love them forever because they saved Psychonauts. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I when my wife and I first met, I took her down when I picked up Psychonauts, and I'm like, she watched me play, and she's like, "This is really good." And I'm like, "Yeah." She said, like, "What else is like this? Nothing." So right. you know, like, not this kind of storytelling. I mean, I could take you some point and click adventures. So it's just amazing that it's kind of come full circle, and now they're picking up the back end with Psychonauts too, mm-hmm. um, and anything moving forward. And again, that they 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 also said, "Hey, if you backed it for a platform." you're still going to get it on that platform. So um, that was all. Oh, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's yeah. pretty interesting, right? Like if you back it on a platform, <laughs> you actually get it. it on that platform. Yeah. That's really? <laughs> Did people do that? We have the technology <laughs> apparently. Like, wow. That's you know, amazing. It, it can be done, I guess. Wow. So, okay. That's, that's great. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, All and right. then I think the the biggest letdown for me, uh, Scotty, you're gonna get to it. it's Contra Rogue, so I'm not gonna go there. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go there, but it definitely I sat there looking at it like that, ooh. you know. But the, look, I don't want to get too into this because I develop games, but the, I just think there was a colossal misstep in the Avengers game, and not in that they didn't get the um, the actors' likenesses, which I get having worked on those properties, but just reading. The, the tea leaves and saying, hey, if we can't get the, the actors' likenesses and we know people tie it, or especially given the fucking movies, the two movies that just came out, right? Um, they should have gone with a more artistic approach, you know, and done something more comic booky. I'm going to say comic book, but like Darksiders, you know, is a good example. I mean, Joe Mad did a version of the Ultimates. He drew it. It could have easily looked like an artist style, you know, or they could have gotten something that just fit right in with. Uh, spider-man on the ps4 in terms of art direction and they just didn't and so i just feel like that was a colossal misstep oh surprise game of the show was war of the visions i know last episode i said i don't play mobile games but they might get me with this and if you haven't seen the trailer war of the visions takes place in their bravius exodus i don't give a fuckus universe but it's a tactic style game so it's like a fantasy Final Fantasy Tactics style game uh, set in this new universe, and it looks pretty good. So I'm super excited for War of the Visions. Shockingly. 
Oh, you didn't see it, right? So I have not seen it. So yeah, it looks cool, man. If, if you like Final Fantasy Tactics, you want that isometric tactics style stuff. A new game coming from, and I hear that the Bravius, Exodus, whatever universe is pretty good. So people are liking that mobile game. So we'll see. I mean, I'm gonna definitely give it a shot. It. It was like that game that got kind of buried, you know, under all the Final Fantasy VII news to, to bring it back right. to Final Fantasy VII. But I think, you know, we had a brief discussion. Was it on a podcast or was it just in general? We're talking about Final Fantasies. And I think someone said that they didn't get Final Fantasy, you know, like nine or something. But I explained that seven, seven had this blend of cyberpunk and fantasy that, you know, and, 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 and anime that just, they had this right blend that they've never done anything with. Like they created a look there and they've never gone back to it. You know, like they, they made eight and it felt like every game after nine just looked like versions of eight. You right. know, this yeah. J I call it J pop, uh, you know, science fiction, you know, where it's like this common, it's almost like the evolution of, of Robotech or Macross, you know, like, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. I, I hope that, Final Fantasy VII, the story can be completed by the end of the PS5's life cycle, you know? Like, that it's not something that carries over, you know, to PlayStation 6 in 10 years, like, I, which I fear it might. Oh. I'm honestly surprised there was any gameplay footage, or any footage of Final Fantasy VII, even though they said a couple months ago, June, wait for more info or something like that. Just surprised it's like actually the, happening. Uh, I do like the three three. That gave me a Dreamcast feel, right? That's funny, yeah. All right, uh, Scotty, what about you? Holy shit, um, boy, oh boy! Uh, I and I know Chris is excited for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but that oh, was yeah. what motherfucking Microsoft started with. This one I was watching live, so if anyone uh, listening to this ever meets my girlfriend, she can also tell you my reaction to this happening. They had the cyberpunk trailer, which coincidentally, I don't know, the entire scene was very similar, reminiscent to like Johnny Mnemonic, but um, the the scene, the, the trailer ends um, after this big old thing. One of the characters from like that 50-minute uh, demo forever ago um, actually ends up dying in this trailer somewhere, which was weird. But it ends with uh, your dude getting his ass handed to him, and he's laying in like a um, in like a uh, a junkyard or something. And I was having flashbacks and uh, PTSD to fucking Detroit become human. I did not want it to go in this direction. And then this big arm comes up, uh, some dude's arm like gestures over to you he says wake the fuck up samurai and you turn and it's goddamn keanu motherfucking reeves in cyberpunk and i'm just like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck and then that trailer ends and out on stage who walks but keanu reeves talking to everybody about well trying to talk to everybody about cyberpunk because no one everybody was just losing their shit and like one dude yells you're breathtaking and keanu reeves points to that general direction of the crowd and says no you're breathtaking and it just so happens that dude was filming that so that you can find that video somewhere of just the dude probably shitting himself right there in E3 because um, Keanu Reeves told him that he's breathtaking. But that was so cool. Everybody knows how I feel about John Wick and I just like Keanu Reeves in general anyway. Um, so I'm, that was I'm, very we're, awesome. I, we're actually getting through John Wick 2 today. And Fantastic. after we record, we're going to go finish it up. Um and with the idea that, like, sometime this week, like Tuesday or so, we're gonna go watch John Wick three. Have you you've seen that already, right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I have this weird idea that John Wick 3 actually, or the whole John Wick series, actually takes place inside the Matrix. Like, I mean, it, it, it just doesn't all, everything. <laughs> well, it's just all Neo just imagining himself as, as John Wick. Because Morpheus is there. Yep. Like, they're all there. And it just, it, that, I, as, as I was watching John Wick 2 and, 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 and he came in, I'm like, this is, they're in the fucking Matrix. That's the only thing that right. makes sense of, like, why he can do all this stuff. And I Googled it, and there's actually, like, lots of theories about there. Oh, I'm that, sure. Like, there is, dude. You're going to get lost in all that. And it, there's a rabbit hole to go down, which I have not yet done, but I'm absolutely going to do it after yeah. I finish John Wick 2. <laughs> that yeah. there's, so there's an ongoing idea that John Wick takes place with inside the Matrix, which is kind of crazy. I believe it. I'm, which I'm also totally means that Cyberpunk... That also takes place inside the matrix dude yeah there's a, there's a john wick or i mean damn it there's a keanu reeves multiverse i'm sure i'm fine with that 100 percent. and maybe because i was also crazy enough this morning i was watching bogus journey nice not, my, not the best kids, one but still good no but it was it was a lot of fun and my kids were actually sitting there watching it uh with me and odin thought it was fucking hilarious which is was really funny he just said he, he loved the dialogue between Bill and Ted, they're like, why are they talking like that? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just the way they did it back then. It was, it's funny. Yeah, Stop asking questions. <laughs> yeah, just shut up and watch it. Right. Um, there were a couple things, uh, actually, during Microsoft's thing. I haven't watched all the presentations yet, but some cool games like 12 Minutes looks neat. It's like a top-down. You have to somehow recreate and fix this murder scene between a, a young couple in their apartment, and it's only a top-down view in like this one room. Um, there's a Blair Witch game coming out for some reason. Uh, it looks like it might be neat. There's a dog in it. I don't know. I thought it was going to be Silent Hill. At first. Yeah, it had very strong Silent Hill or just like Slenderman spinoff. I don't even know kind of vibes, but I'm down for more survival horror that's not just Silent Hill. So um, and uh, Bleeding Edge totally just looks like Anarchy Reigns. So yes, please. Um, Contra Rogue Core. I was excited for a Contra game. But the more I look into it, I think it's just neat to have Contra out there again and people talking about Contra. Never mind the fact that like Contra um, Hardcore, the Genesis game, was on the E3 floor in two forms in that Konami collection and in the Sega Genesis Mini. So that's weird to say, but awesome. Um, my also probably up there with Cyberpunk fucking doom eternal i am so ready for the next doom game holy shit did you guys play doom the 2016 game i have played it a little bit i probably maybe like a third or fourth of the way through it it's so good it was really good it was really good yeah rob have you played that at all i'm sorry sketchcraft have you played that at all i'm not a first person shooter guy like cyberpunk might be the only first person shooter i play since portal mm -hmm. so not yeah. quite my thing that's fine um i uh oh, wait, hold on although oh. i admit in vr I, I like it so oh boy um, there's something about the movement i i have i've had this problem since uh perfect dark <laughs> on the 64 there's something about the way they use motion blur in first person shooters that literally fucks with my head yet vr and 3d doesn't so it's it's awful it's huh. the motion blur specifically that that's know. interesting yeah. There, I've I've finally started to play some first-person shooters where I I just don't do well with them, but uh, Doom was not one of them. 
it's so good. And um, when we were watching, or I was watching it, and my girlfriend was like, people keep telling me I should play Doom, that I might like it. I'm like, I will happily sit through that game with you, or I will play it, and you can just watch. I just want to play Doom again. Um, yeah, seeing Doom Eternal, just I was like, why can't they just make another Diablo game? You know what I mean? Like, why do they have to re- try and reinvent it every time they fucking? Oh right, yeah. Them, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, it looked clear. amazing. Yeah, it just looks fun and great and over the top, and it's what I want. Um, and then just kind of other little quick shoots, and I, I don't want to touch to it. Well, overall, it's not really a holy shit moment, but just how much of a presence Sega had at E3 was kind of a thing for me. So that was really cool. And then kind of to lead into your stuff, Chris, uh, limited run games they done bloated up. Uh, they got a ton of Star Wars stuff coming up. Um, I was always a fan of Shadows of the Empire. Apparently, they're releasing that on Switch through Limited Run. Um, and Turok 1 and 2, for whatever the fuck reason. Um, and all things pointing to why I need to get a Switch. Never mind the the Zelda remake, and my girlfriend wants to play Animal Crossing. So, probably going to be getting a Switch pretty soon. Rob, I had a question. Um, you're our resident VR guy, right? So was there anything VR related at E3 that kind of piqued your virtual reality senses? Uh, virtual reality, very, very cute. Yeah, actually, there, there was a few things that were announced. Uh, they just weren't like a giant, uh, what do you call mm-hmm. that, like announcement, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so one of the things that was announced was a game called The Curious, was it The Curious Tales of Lost Pets? Hmm. So this is a game that's going on Quest. Um, I, I really specifically focus on Quest stuff uh, at this point. Right. But uh, what it is, is it's like a treasure... A, you, have you played Treasure Toad or Toad Treasure Tracker? No. So it's like it has this diorama um, of like a scene. like a, You could say like a beach with like a house and little critters. And you have to like move things and get it to like interact with it to find like hidden creatures and shit. Oh, is so, this a puzzle? The puzzle game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. It looks uh, cool. So, I like the art. Yeah, the Curious Tale of Stolen Pets or something. So that was cool. Another game that uh, caught my attention is called Battle Wake. And I think Chris will get a bigger kick out of this. Ooh. And this is where you, it's a pirate ship game where you're each in your own pirate ship. And it's pirate ship battles. Oh. Like a, and it has the art styles very, it's it's a little Warcrafty. You know, it's got that kind of cool cartoonish kind of like. Not cell shaded, but you know, it's like a little bit more mm-hmm. of a dynamic or stuff. And it's got giant krakens and water. So yeah, Battle Wake looked fucking amazingly cool. Oh damn, I have yeah. to check that out. Yeah. So those were like the two biggest ones. And then I think they there was, you know, a bunch of little announcements for that for that stuff. Um, but those are the two ones that really piqued my interest was Battle Wake and the Curious Tale of Stolen Pets. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I just I, I'd been so focused on like Sega and some of the bigger announcements. I did see that there was a lot of like VR stuff there, but I just didn't kind of get like really in the weeds and, and kind of uh, figure out like what was announced. So um, for me, at least like, man, like Scotty touched on a little bit uh, limited run did some cool stuff, man. Like I, I have, you know, I, I, I interviewed uh, Josh Fairhurst from limited run in this next issue of uh mega visions and I'm, I'm pretty proud of the article that we did um it's basically talking about what is the future of these limited print game publishing companies you know because there's so many out there now um what's the future of these and is the bubble about to burst you know like it, it, are people kind of over the whole idea of these rare games 
Um, and it was and, a big blow with Vita dying and then that being like 50% of their releases. Exactly. And so like, what are they going to do from there? Um, so I talked with, uh, with Josh quite a lot uh, a couple months back for this article. So I've been really watching what Limited Run's doing very closely. So going into E3 to see, this is, I think, their second presentation that they had done. Man, they announced like over 50 games. Um, and they announced some big games. But the one game that, man, stuck out for me more than anything was Corpse Killer for the PlayStation 4. What the fuck? Dude, I own Corpse Killer on every platform that it was released on other than some of the weird pc releases that it was on but i own it on pretty much everything else um and i'm a huge corpse killer fan i love that series to see them come back and and announce corpse killer dude i was so hyped for that i was like fuck yes let's do this i'm gonna be right there dude the 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 it's it's by the same guys that did um screaming villains Screaming Villains that just did... What was that game, Scotty? Tell me right now. Oh, they just did Double Switch and before that, Night Trap. Night Trap, thank you. They cleaned up the video, man. They they really cleaned up the, the video quality really well. Uh, I don't know what sort of black magic that they do there, but they're doing a really good job, and it looks really good. Both Corpse Killer and Double Switch uh, look really good. Double Switch, I don't know if... I, th I think it's just coming to the Switch. Well, the Nintendo Switch. it's... Um... Double Switch is already out. They already did it on PS4 and um, or just PS4 because I got the collector's edition to kind of see how they're they did a, a Saturn um, box with it as well, like the plastic mm -hmm. box or the plastic. Well, yeah, it is plastic. Just that big, dumb, wonky thing. Um, and I before you go off of this, I want to say, like, I don't know what's going on with me and limited run games, but um, I realized Double Switch was made by the Night Trap people, so I'm like, oh, I have that on Saturn. I should start playing that, and I did, and then Limited Run Games is like, hey, we're releasing this, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then, I, no joke, at MAGFest, I bought Corpse Killer on the 32X Sega CD crazy version, and yep. then they announced, hey, guess what? We're doing Corpse Killer. I'm like, why am I buying games? <laughs> no, so what you should crazy. do is keep buying games. Go buy, go buy Burning Rangers. No, so they'll announce that they're going to come out with that. God Obviously, there's some correlation there, Scotty. Yeah, so but I'm. You, I mean, you need to to do this for the community. This is more. Yeah, <laughs> this is just more FMV goodness, and I'm a hundred percent on board. It's great, it, what, but also what? it's hilarious because it's like you're not going to use a light gun for this, right? right? Yeah, and, and that makes a big difference because uh, it sucks playing that game. Uh, with a uh, with a controller. Um, but did you see, uh, Rob? What was our like our 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 you know like our golden goose of E3 last year? It was the Poly Mega. They were back this year and they were showing off a light gun. Yeah, they actually have a working light gun that you're going to be able to. It looks pretty uh, badass. Yeah, it looks pretty badass and it works really well from what I hear. So yeah. uh, that's super exciting uh, that they're doing that. So. Um, of course, it would it would be announced just as I'm playing Oculus Quest and being able to do light gun games in VR now. But you know, all things considered, <laughs> but there's so many cool ass fucking like retro games that require it. You know, um, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, for me, probably you know the the biggest one. Shit, man. I mean, would it be the House of Dead game? Because I fucking see the thing is that I, I want two yeah. guns. That's I yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you. That's like the only way I play Virtua Cop if I ever do. Yeah, so but I mean, look, they said it couldn't be done. I'm like, no, I, I just think no one wants to do it. You know, it's really 
like who wanted the headache but i mean look if you're if you get a, the you know the, the saturn attachment you know like then the the gun looks dope too like it's fucking super clean looking yeah like it's super awesome so it's one of the few things like when when i was like glad we weren't at e3 because of our deadlines when i saw that i was like damn it i would like to have played played that oh, right uh, yeah 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 like 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 a lot so because i just think that the polymega is a, a, a bit of tech that unless you get your hands on it i don't think you understand how good it actually is the tech you know compared to just yeah. standard retro systems like you, you just can't really explain it to people but i think it's going to retail what 99 dollars is what they said for the gun. yeah each one of the guns they have a crazy so it's half orange the cost variant of the too right? yeah right? just about so, yeah um, but I would want to, I'm like, ah, my wife's not gonna let me spend 200 bucks on fucking I know. Uh, so I might <laughs> sometimes just, just don't tell her, just to, yeah, it's just for <laughs> me, bro. Where am I gonna fucking hide it? You know, the dog <laughs> would be like, oh, yeah. so but it was super cool. I think they had another announcement at E3. God, I want to say I saw something that like kind of surprised me. Um, oh, from Polly Mega. Yeah, from Polymega. Like they had some fucking thing there. Uh I'm looking. I don't see anything right away, but I'll They were giving that. out some good advice on um refresh rates, like on contrast ratios for your, your HDMI TVs. So if you want if you're looking to get a new TV I and you're like, hey, I want to play some of these retro games and have those like retro game scanline feel, they got some good advice on on uh contrast ratios and, and settings and stuff to use on your tvs to attain it but there's just some amazing so like that was that was a dope thing and then that turbo graphics mini that was announced oh my gosh i forgot about that yeah right what PC the fuck one. is going on why could i be no less but with polymega I mean, well i don't I, how expensive man i mean it's gotta be super expensive to get like rondo blood right Oh, oh just Rondo of Blood? Yeah. yeah. Uh let's let's take a trip on the internet and find out. Rondo. Is that a two hundred dollar game? <laughs> um that one is loose price, fifty-three bucks, complete in case, hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Well, there you go. Bucks, so. Oh. Hey, so Chris, um to kick it back to you, like what would be the go-to game you'd be going to for with, with the light gun? You know what I mean? Like Oh man. I mean dude, I mean as 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 cliche as it is cuz we literally just talked about it, it was Course Killer. That's like one of my favorite light gun games. It's it's so good. The the Sega Saturn version is basically the best version because they added in all these other things to it. Um and so if they I I'm interested in looking at like finding out like which version limited runs gonna do right um if they could if they could come out with that if, if if they're gonna do the saturn version um that is the one i'm most interested in doing um but dude if if they don't have a light gun solution for the ps4 but the polymega can play saturn games that's still gonna be the the the, the version that i would rather play because you can get those light guns on the polymega and you can actually play it the way it's meant to be played versus using a stupid controller to play a light gun game plus i don't think people understand too chris we didn't mention it but what they're saying about the gun is it requires zero other sensors Oh right no sensors or setups and And it's usb so it might be like pc compatible that would be awesome i don't know yeah and it is um 
Polymega didn't make this gun. It actually is from another Kickstarter, the Sindon or something. Did you guys see that? I forget what it's no. actually called. Um, I'll find it real quick. Because, yeah, there is was it? another... Their gun looked like crossbeam gears of war and Robocats. Yeah, it was very much uh, less style. I don't want to say style. I don't know, but it's not a bad looking gun. It's just not as um, mad catsy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good um, good way to put it. Yeah, S I N D E N, Sindon Light Gun, was on Kickstarter. They had a goal of 2,500 pounds, they got 238,000. Um, so wow. I definitely surpassed that. This was back in a little bit uh, more than the uh, original Megavision's Kickstarter. A little a couple, bit, a couple thousands more. So they're doing okay. Um, it says estimated delivery for this thing is October 2019, but uh, and they've got videos of that. But that's the technology that Polymega is using, so it's pretty cool. See, I wonder if they'll be able to get Wii support down the road, so I could play House of the Dead Overkill with a real fucking light gun. Mm-hmm. You know, because like that's one of the reasons why I got the Wii initially was for light gun possible games, and I bought House of the Dead Overlord. You know, like this is gonna overkill, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be fucking awesome. And I was like, the tracking was so off. I was like, I was so pissed. Off. I was like, this piece of shit doesn't work. Like, I even bought these like. You can put the Wii motes in like these little like gun casings, you know. I'm gonna have two guns. It's gonna be amazing, and uh, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. That's too bad. I forgot another one. Did you guys ever play Death Crimson OX on the Dreamcast? Oh yeah, it's such a fucking train wreck of I don't I know. even know what. I love it, but I, that would be great to actually play that with because I I got that recently and I don't have a tube TV to play my Dreamcast on. So all oh, the possibilities. Yeah, yeah so. Polymega is that tech that people still don't really know about. So is it going to still go to Best Buy and stuff, Chris? Like, have they talked about any of that? Or is it... they, they haven't talked about, like, you know, like retail partners. But talking to them at E3 last year, that was 100% their plan. They, you know, they're going to they're gonna be doing, like, their pre-order rounds on their website. And then once they launch, like, their second wave is actually going to be at retail. And that is their longer-term plan. Is So, so they're supposed to be... You know, at like Walmart, Best Buy, CVS, you know, all those gas stations around the nation. So, yeah, we'll see. Drug stores. Yep. Eckerd's and, you know. I think um, the other thing from them was just the, the contrast ratio and the things like that that you were talking about, Rob. I think that was the other big E3 thing besides the light gun announcement. Those guys are super yeah. legit, man. They're I hope they're, so. They know, they're, they're know what they're doing. Okay, one last thing that I want to talk about really quickly: the Sega Genesis Mini. We haven't really discussed it on the podcast yet. Somehow, Sega of America convinced Sega Japan to loan them that giant ass three button hell yeah controller, and people were playing on that, which is awesome. I think that's the first time that we've had those giant uh, Genesis controllers in America. I think they've basically been at like Tokyo Game Show. Uh, for Sega Japan, but they had it here. Um, and dude, from what I've read, there is glowing reviews for the Genesis Mini. And I even read an article, it may have been from TechCrunch, I can't remember who it was, but they said that it's better than the Nintendo Classic. When it, I mean, we could out. all tell you that, but what am I saying? But like, I mean, but yeah, obviously, people are gonna think we're biased, but this is coming from like a tech site. Just the OS, like the just how well the the software works, the the operating system, the UI, and everything. I've I've just heard really good things about it. Um, I will say my favorite part of it, though, 
I, I just found it today. Apparently, Kenny Omega went on uh, and played the Genesis Mini uh, at one point during E3, and I, I was able to watch him. He was playing the uh, the Mega Man game, and that was such a cool moment for me because I'm such a huge Kenny Omega fan. I didn't even realize that he was at E3 this year. Obviously, last year, Rob, we were there when um, the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, faced off against uh, the New Day in Street Fighter and uh, Kenny Omega versus, um, uh, what's his name, Xavier Woods in the championship between them two. They went head-to-head, and Kenny Omega came out on top as the reigning champion. Uh, seeing him back at E3 was really cool, especially seeing him play the Sega Genesis Mini. I have mine pre-ordered. It's going to be coming at some point. I, I still need to pre-order the uh, the Tower of Power that you can get from the Amazon Japan store. I'm yeah. going to be getting that. I have Fine. to do it. Um, and that was just awesome to see that the Sega Genesis Mini has had just like really, really good reviews and just really good impressions. Um, I mean, I don't... I, aside from the Shinmu stuff, which really isn't in Sega's court, I think Sega came out of this E3 in a better position that they have been in years. Like as just far as like genuine excitement and interest in their offerings for the rest of the year. I, I can't remember a time where they've been in such a good position. I think it's right also now. worth pointing out that a lot of people thought like, what's the point of E3 this year? Cause EA backed out uh, PS or, mm-hmm. Sony backed out, you know, it's like, what's going to even happen. And just, yeah, the, the strength and how it's open to the public and all that other stuff. And it was pretty, I, maybe that's why I was so blown away by certain things, but I think it's, it's, something to keep in mind too that we thought it was just going to be a really weak year but it was i don't know as long as e3's around i just enjoy the hype and the emotion around it yeah no it, it was good it was it was really solid so um any um any last uh like bits that you guys want to go back to like anything that uh we didn't cover before we uh wrap things up well, a little bit of self-promotion. Spyro will be available on Nintendo Switch starting September 3rd, and I worked on it. So if you beat the game, you'll see concept artists. I'm near the top, I think, because my alphabetical name. Even though I wasn't the lead artist, so it's super nice. So it's gonna—it's always a dream to be able to say, I, I want to work on a mascot game that gets released on the Nintendo platform. So I'll be going down the store and buying another freaking copy like everyone else <laughs> just so i have one so um that was a super cool announcement because even i didn't know when that was gonna happen that's awesome very really cool. cool and you'll be happy like crash team racing comes out this month too i didn't even realize that until like a week ago i'm sure you're gonna be getting that right Rob. uh yeah well it's my favorite crash game um yeah so and, that's what i'm saying like i figured you'd be super excited i am super excited but i'm also super like like fucking busy so like, <laughs> like i was like oh shit that too it comes out i think the same week as lego racing expansion on forza horizon so oh i forgot yeah. about that that looks cool. oh god it's I'm, it's been a dream of mine to have an you know i just want an open world lego racing car game like that so but yeah i'm super excited about the crashing racing i i will be getting it um i'll probably just beat it like one track <laughs> one track a week the way i'm going i'm still playing dragon quest 11 so I'm now a fish. Oh, did I spoil it? I guess no one cares, but yeah. I'm, I'm still playing Spider-Man, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> yes, it I'm, does. I'm still playing Shinmu too. That's not, that's that's a different podcast. Oh, we can't talk about that here. I'm sorry, right. I forgot. So. Anyway, 
I got nothing else for E3. It's just been crazy year, crazy stuff. Yeah. No, oh, this just... did okay. we about the E3 stuff? Did we talk about Link's Awakening? No. No. Not really. No. I, I mentioned it real quick, saying it's another reason I needed to get a Switch. Amazing. So that looked really good. Like, yeah. and and this is someone that's not a huge Zelda fan. Like, you know, I. I played Breath of the Wild. I appreciate for what it is. I just haven't been able to complete it. I really like it, but I haven't really been a huge Zelda guy. I, I played and beat the first one, but after that, just nothing really kind of like stuck with me. But dude, Leaks Awakening looks so good. I'm genuinely excited for that. I can't wait. That looks amazing, and I, I'm going to play the hell out of that game. Yeah, I borrowed it forever ago and a, and a Bud's Game Boy. Like, we're talking like forever ago, uh, but never really played it or finished it. So I'm excited to actually play it this time. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that uh, was the other reason, the well, only other reason why I was like, damn it, figures. Because I'm a big Link's Awakening fan. It's my favorite Zelda game. Um, and I'm also a giant fan of dioramas. And then these giant, like, Link's Awakening diorama sets at e3 where there where you could play the game and i i get it you know like whatever i just wish they'd come out with those play sets so i could buy like little mini versions you know like like yeah they did look cool with little dioramas it was like those brio train track things or something yeah it was super awesome so it would have been great to see that in, in person so but that yeah, that that's about it for me keanu reeves. Right. keanu reeves so um that's gonna do it for this week's show um Scott, do you want to talk about any upcoming streams or anything like that that we have coming up uh, this next couple um, weeks? I'm still going to be playing Rayman uh, you know, on Tuesday. I might switch to Wednesdays. Uh, just kind of Wednesday seems to work better for my schedule, but we'll keep it on Tuesday for now. Uh, I mean, we've got all kinds of too many game stuff coming up, so I don't know. We might, you know, keep an eye on on our Instagram or Twitter or something, or maybe even YouTube. We'll try to, or even our Twitch. We'll try to get like some video footage, maybe from too many games. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we didn't even mention it. Um, uh, and we can cut this out if you want to, Chris. Should we guarantee that we'll have a the, a video of the panel at some point online? We will attempt to have a video of the panel <laughs> well i will not guarantee it Let's all right we're that. gonna do our best to have of the remember friday 5 30 panel folks we're gonna do our best to film it as well and a tip um, will be made yeah and that. uh we've got our booth there where you can pick up a couple different issues but we'll have some other stuff we're not going to tell you what you got to show up and come and see what it is and we got that tournament we got a couple of consoles hey here's a hint on what the tournament might be we're gonna have uh chris's mega sg hooked up and we're gonna have a dreamcast hooked up what could that tournament be you'll have to come and see that's right so c-man right. confirmed yeah confirmed. i love me some c-man we know so All right, that's going to do it for this week. We will see you next week. Take it easy. Bye.